fluctuating electric quantity. K-U-S-O. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Well, this is an odd sensation. I mean, not for anybody but me. I don't have my uh, I don't have my headphones here. That's weird. I can't hear myself. I mean, I can hear myself because I'm speaking and my ears are only a couple inches away from my mouth. But I I can't actually tell if I'm my mic could be off now for all I know. I mean, I I have only your word that I'm actually going over the air. Hello, it's the Sarah Dillon show. Then <laughs> brought me my headphones. Thank you. Oh, you will. This is like a uh, hold on. A second. I'll see now. This is weird. Another all tangled. Ah, the cord is all. Here's the thing: and I put on my headphones, but they're not plugged in yet. So now I'm actually a bit more deaf than I was just a moment ago because I can't. You're slightly spastic. You keep hitting your microphone. <laughs> all right, there we go. Excellent. <sighs> That's much better. They actually fixed my light. So they fixed your light. I, I forgot I my headphones. It's going to be one of those days. I can just smell it on the horizon. The, the thing just now, me not having my headphones, that's like a tree falling in the forest and nobody hearing it kind of a thing. It, 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 like if I couldn't hear my voice it, it, coming back into my brain it, through this electronic implement, I didn't know that I was actually speaking. All right. It is three minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of June in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and recently illuminated studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, making this uh, part of your morning excursion into the rest of your day. It is 503-228-4101 if you'd like to join us today. 503-228-4101. That is the uh, phone number here for uh, Rock 101 KUFO. You can also text us. It's 520 520 Five one. Just my final observation of this is: I don't think I've ever actually walked in here and forgotten my headphones before. I can't remember the last time I came in here and didn't have my headphones. As Sarah said, it was like leaving your house without your pants or something. Make any sense at all? All right. Well, I guess that's next, isn't it? Yes, Tim. I mean, no pants Wednesdays. That'll be our. That'll be our other big fall promotion where we're not busy bombing North Korea. Theoretically, we have to wait for. Uh, we have to wait for legal to clear both of those things. Then we'll be good to go. All right. Before we do anything else, I should just say I have and and I'm going to exercise some self-restraint here. I'm going to exercise some control, which I typically don't do. I have the greatest thing in the history of humanity. I've I don't want to oversell this. Believe me, you're overselling it. But it's the greatest thing that's ever existed. There's nothing I have ever seen on television to compare to this this thing that I saw last night. It's it, something better than television? Here's the thing. No, it's... I don't believe I think awesome. we've lived through... Let's quickly list off all of the products we've seen advertised on TV that have made some sort of an impact on us. There's the ShamWow. That's the most recent one. There's the Slap Chop. Slap Chop. The Knife Guy. Knife Guy. Good one. Knife Guy. Vegematic. Vegematic. Pet Egg. The Magic Bullet. There's the Pet... The Magic Bullet. Pocket Fisherman. There's the George Foreman Grill. 
There's the Sobakawa pillow. There's the the Snuggie, the, the Slanket. There's the uh, Flavor Wave Turbo Micro Oven thing or whatever it is. Whatever it is, that, that, that jazz that Mr. T pitches with that woman, Darla. No, no, no. This thing I saw last night leaves them all behind. You saw uh, it on the television. I see, it is advertised on the television. And then uh, Siegfried sent me an email about it as well. He's like, OMG, check out this thing. It's There's that new coat hanger attachment that lets you buy more clothes. <laughs> is that like the thing that allows your pants to go on to you even as you gain weight? That thing that like extends the uh, it the ex- buttonholes. The, that thing they sell. It's not even in the SkyMall catalog. It's like that. What is it? It's like the, the Harriet something catalog. Harriet uh, hints from Harriet or hints from Heloise. What do we get into that catalog? It's the same thing that lets you buy the custom return address labels for envelopes, which is a thing that only your seventy-year-old aunt is really interested in. And there's this special kind for Christmas too, where it's like a pair of silver, you know, silver bells up in the corner, and then it says from the house of Mr. and Mrs. Henry Schlarp. and then you can stick it on the envelope and send it out to the, the uh, you know, when the uh, when the holiday season comes around. This leaves them all behind. So we'll get to that here in uh, in just a, a short while today. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Rupel uh, join us today from Los Angeles as. You know, there's like that mega shark versus giant octopus thing that we were all talking about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I've decided that Fred Goldman and O.J. Simpson are, in fact, the mega shark and giant octopus of the legal world. Because long after the rest of, because just like in mega shark versus giant octopus, where they existed before the ice age, and then they are here struggling in the time of man. But then once humankind has faded from uh, from the scene, once we have left the earth, mega shark and giant octopus will still exist. They will outlast us all. So it is with Fred Goldman and uh, and O.J. Simpson. So they continue to wrangle the day over. And, I mean, there's nothing left. There's nothing left to fight over. I mean, first of all, O.J. Simpson's going to jail for the rest of his life. Second of all, he's broke. Thirdly, I don't know that the guy's got anything else to sell because wasn't all that stuff stolen? Yes. I think they melted down his Heisman Trophy, and I'm not making that up. I think a guy, I think O.J. at one point auctioned off his Heisman, and a guy bought it. And then just melted it down. And he might have done that on television, too, now that I think about it. I think he might have actually paid like 30 grand for it and then said, Hey, OJ, look at this. And just crushed it like, like in primetime Los Angeles, like on like on the, uh, uh, on KCOP or something. So, in any event. So, we'll talk about that. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum joined us from New York City. We'll talk about that plane that had to uh, land, even though the pilot was dead. Yesterday, yesterday was the weirdest show. I mean, it was a really, really uh, action-packed couple of hours we did toward the end. I mean, from like seven to nine, right down to the last moment. Really, I mean, that was the thing sort of climaxing with this fact that it's a the plane with a dead pilot that had to land in New Jersey in a fog-shrouded airport. I mean, it was so stressful. By the time I finished the last report, I couldn't figure out where I was. Excellent. Uh, all right, so that's all in the way. Aaron Duran will be here. Um, he will be uh, uh, reviewing the movie that is not The Proposal. What is that other film that's coming out today? That uh, I have some. It's One Something. Oh, One, one uh, Year? Year One? one? Year, uh, year, year One, one the yeah. Jack Black. I have no interest in seeing it. I'm just going to tell you right now. I only have interest in Aaron's review of it because because it's Aaron and he makes everything sort of... He makes everything wackily compelling. I don't have any interest in that film itself. I've officially moved off of the Jack Black uh, thing. I Michael Sarah, I still hold a hope for. He's just got to quit making that one slack-jawed expression. He's got to quit doing that thing where he... He's got to quit doing that thing like he just got woken up from a nap and he's not quite sure where he is. And so his mouth is ever so slightly ajar and his eyes are kind of... Uh, he kind of has that weird cockeyed sort of... I just I don't know where I am. I was waking up and then I was wearing a Viking helmet. So he has to that he has to stop that. Um, anyway, uh, that's all on the uh, horizon. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news.
News with Tim Riley. Hello, everybody. It is 5.09. This is going to be the first weekend of the summer, and it's going to be partly cloudy. Highs may not hit 70 degrees. Well, Nike is responding to claims that it stole a design idea from Eddie Van Halen. Van Halen filed a lawsuit against Nike, claiming the company is using his trademark design on a new shoe. Is this like uh, the white on red This design? is the red, black, and white striped pattern that he uses on one of his guitars. Right. He, uh, Nike released a statement uh, saying that the Nike shoe design is not substantially similar to any of Van Halen's designs, and Nike ha- has not referenced the Van Halen name or image as part of any market- marketing campaign or promotional material. Hold on, I'm going to Google image search right now. Nike Van Halen. Nike Van Halen. I'm looking at the... Uh, I'm going to change my name to Nike Van Halen. That's going to be my... No, I don't see any similarity here. I'm looking at the shoe right now. I love the internet. You know, we didn't. I had. I didn't even know the story existed 15 seconds ago. This is one of those stories we didn't compare notes on before the show. Uh-huh. So I had no foreknowledge that we were going to be discussing this. And yet, 30 seconds later, I am here looking. I'm assuming they're talking about the they're Nike kind Dunk. Of similar, but not that. Well, well, they're similar in the sense that it's the same colors. Yeah. But it, but Eddie Van Eddie Van Halen's whole thing, and that that, that uh, I think it's like an Eddie Kramer guitar, an Ibanez guitar, or something that he has. And the deal is that it's a red guitar with alternating uh, white and black stripes on it. And this Nike shoe appears to be a bunch of triangles. I mean, it's a black shoe with a white stripe and then red triangles on it. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, some people are never happy unless you're causing problems. That's right, Tim. This is the uh, Nike Dunk Low Premium Jordan Pack AJB Air Jordan. It, just sell me a shoe, for the love of Christ. No, 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 but then there's another Nike that is exactly like it. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. I have to... Uh, now, wait a minute. Now, where is that shoe? I don't see a picture of that one. Oh, wait, is this the... Uh... Okay, and that's very similar. Now, is this the is this the thing that looks like Chuck Taylor Converse? Because I'm looking at a pair of things. This I'm looking at a shoe right here that looks like Chuck Taylor's, but they don't have the, doesn't have the circle crest, and these look very similar to the Eddie Van Halen guitar. Are we talking about Air Jordans? Are we spending this much time talking about a shoe? I guess we are no, because I'm it's... lost. No, no, no. I, the... I don't know what you were on, though. You know, this is the greatest story for KUFO, Tim. You know why? This is the intersection of three things. This is the intersection of sports, Nike, and Van Halen. So That's which shoe are you discussing? Sarah? This one. This is the low-top Nike one that they're talking about. Look it's at very that. attractive. That pattern is okay, exactly the same. That's a bad picture of Eddie Van Halen, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> what is he looks like he's having a stroke he or a seizure like or something. In the, in, in the shower playing the guitar. <laughs> and also he's turning into a werewolf. <laughs> Do you suffer from lycanthropy? Uh, can you uh, sweep my microphone ever sure. so slightly? Thank you. I Okay, so now, in the space of two minutes, I've gone from not knowing about the story to knowing about the story to thinking I understood the story to being confused again and to being disturbed by this picture of Eddie Van Halen where he looks like he's about to tear out your jugular. I am looking over here at a pair of Air Jordans that are different than the shoes you were looking at on your screen, Sarah, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, I have now opened up this window that has a pair of what looked to be Chuck Taylors, because Chuck Taylor is now owned by Nike, that also have the Eddie Van Halen designs. And I don't even know what shoe we're talking about, which is which is the reason why we're continuing well, to talk about something the... that's purely visual, because there's now three different images. So it's not like we're it's not like there's some definitive image the audience should be looking at. Well, it's the ones that make the most sense. And Tim said it was the low top Nikes, and these are low top Nikes. Yes, yeah, I showed you. So well, so yes, yeah, but the ones I'm looking at are low top Nikes as well, but they're a different design altogether. They're sort of the same pattern. Oh, God. And then here's another really disturbing photo. He's, it's, it's impossible at this point to take a picture of Eddie Van Halen in which he doesn't look like his own desiccated grandfather. Oh, man, don't do drugs. All right, well, well, this is frustrating. Now I don't even know, I don't even know whose side to take.
I was all convinced that I had the answer to this like three minutes ago. Now it's gone. Well, we'll uh, we'll plunge on ahead. It's amazing what a three-little-line story can do. That's right, Tim. We'll have to revisit this multiple times today. Well, you were talking about wolves a minute ago. At least I caught that word. It looks like a remake of the Michael J. Fox classic Teen Wolf is in early development. That's what it says is here. It, is it starring Zach Efron? It doesn't say. I guess it's undecided. Also, are we uh, at the place where we're referring to Teen Wolf as a classic? There, there is a guess that Zach Efron has been approached. I was just joking. a guess. No, I know, but it is true. Uh, UPN briefly flirted with a live-action Teen Wolf in 2003. Does anybody remember that? No, and here's the thing. Just because it came out when you were in high school doesn't make it a classic, kids. That's the, and, and look, and I say this as a, an aging Gen Xer. Just because it came out when you were young and spry doesn't mean it's good, and it doesn't mean that it's the best thing that ever existed, and it can't ever be remade. It's pretty terrible. We have to, that's the thing. This Teen Wolf sucks. I hate, I hate to say this to you. I hate to just put such a fine point on it. But I say this as a 36-year-old guy who was, and I, look, I was there. I saw Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2 starring Jason Bateman, and I saw them both in a drive-in, by the way. So I saw them under optimum circumstances for that kind of film. There's nothing especially good about the movie Teen I don't remember anything about Teen Wolf except, I seem to remember, except now I can't even remember if it was the second one or the first one. Was the one where he goes to college? Was that the one with Jason Bateman? Was that Teen Wolf that, 2? That's Teen Wolf uh, 2, T-O-O. So what is it? Does anybody here remember Jason anything? Jason Bateman is really not the real Teen Wolf. <laughs> he is not the definitive. Well, neither. He, he is, a, he is a, a sloppy second Teen Wolf. Well, sloppy second Teen Wolf. Let's see. Uh, both of them, by the way, are a poor man's Michael Landon. I mean, let's just be honest about that. So, was Jason Bateman the one, the one that, where, where uh, was the, the one that took place in college? Yes. All right. And nobody remembers that one. But see, do you remember anything distinctive about the first Teen Wolf movie? I mean, can you tell me what the big watershed scene from Teen Wolf is? Well, no, not really. Sarah? No. No, there you go. So, you know, remake. Basketball no one cares. Game? I don't know. I guess. Oh, I mean, I guess so, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. But does it end with a basketball game where he wolfs out or something and then he's... And then he's accepted for who he is. Because he's got to embrace himself and or whatever. He's got to learn to just to, to something or other. I don't know. I've only seen Teen Wolf like a couple of times. See, it's not every week. As much as... Uh, a Matthew Broderick movie. Is there some sequence where he opens the the bathroom and his dad is shaving, but his dad is all like covered in hair because the dad is a wolf? Yes. But see, I don't know if that if that, if I've seen that in I'm mean, a half of the movie, but in other words, I don't know if I, if I know that scene because it's in a trailer, and so therefore I saw it like a thousand times on television when they were advertising the movie. Mm-hmm. All right, we've now spent a, a completely disproportionate spent 10 talking about Teen Wolf well, and shoes, let, Sarah. Then let me change the subject to the Save by the Bell reunion. Uh, Tiffany Thyssen, who is no longer Amber is uh, supporting plans for a full cast reunion for the show, according to reports. But other reports say that she's the one holding it up. All right, so, That's what I've heard. Well, we should do... Let's do this. Let's uh, let's put a pin in that story, as they say, because i got lots to say about uh, Tiffany Thiessen. I'll put that later. All right. And I'll get rid of the Teen Wolf story. We won't revisit that again. No, no, no. We should revisit it later because I have further questions. But uh, in just a moment, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, who's going to talk to us about Fred Goldman and O.J. Simpson. Well, and... He must know about these reunions, if anybody does. He'll have his finger on the Teen Wolf pulse, uh, Tim. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum coming up later on today. Also, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Now broadcasting everywhere. Jesus, sweet God almighty. I used up all my mouth today. Visit the Rick Emerson Show at KUFO.com.
It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, on Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, we've got this via text. Rick, Michael Sarah. oh, this is the, the guy referencing that uh, photo collage that went around the net the other day. I don't know, maybe, what is today, Friday? So I guess on Wednesday, it was that great photo collage, and it just said, Michael Sarah is the most confused actor in Hollywood. And it was, it was like that thing of Paris Hilton from about 18 months ago, where it was her striking that one pose and one profile everywhere she went. It was like a hundred different photographs where she was doing exactly the same look. And they did the same thing with Michael Sarah. Yeah, because well, because he only has that one expression, mm-hmm. which is like the slack-jawed, I'm confused. And I think the caption was, the most confused actor in Hollywood. And it was just him doing that thing where he's kind of going like, huh? And it was, the, exactly. <laughs> it was the, uh, it was the super bad pose. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Can you play She Don't Know She's Beautiful by Sammy Kershaw? Yeah, I'll get right on that, sir. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, how are you today? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. I see you sound like you're back at 100% now because you are a, uh, you're a man who plays through the pain and then you're back on the horse, as they say. <laughs> I'm or okay, yeah. A thing, a thing like that. So I was making this comparison uh, earlier. I was talking about there's a movie called... There's this movie that was made for the Sci-Fi Network a while back. And it was actually so bad that even the Sci-Fi Network opted not to air it. And it went straight to video. And it was starring Lorenzo Lamas and Debbie Gibson. And it was called Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. And it's just as awesome as I'm making it sound. And I referenced that when discussing Fred Goldman and O.J. Simpson. Because they are sort of the, uh, they are kind of the Godzilla and Mothra of the of the Los Angeles uh, criminal justice system. Yeah. Where they're just sort of... They're like those guys in the Beat It video that are lashed together at the wrist, and they're, you know, and that's it, man. It's a hundred years from now. There's just going to be Keith Richards and Cher and cockroaches and Fred Goldman and O.J. Simpson. We're just yeah. duking it out. So where where are we at now? What is the what is well, the latest? It's, it's it's the same thing. It's the stuff that was uh, at the center of the hotel room heist a few years back. Uh, last October, Simpson was convicted of armed robbery, kidnapping. He's in prison. But that stuff, that memorabilia that was that this was all about, that O.J. Simpson said was his and he was trying to retrieve, is now in the custody and has been since then of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. And everybody involved is laying claim to it. They're filing with the court saying that's the, Bruce Fermong, one of the memorabilia dealers. That stuff's mine. Uh, Beardsley, Alfred Beardsley, that stuff's mine. Uh, O.J. Simpson, that stuff mine. I like how he's third on the list, by the way. The yeah. O.J. Simpson actually is piping up. The I'm, I'm actually well, O.J. That's I, the hello. weird thing is that, you know, he's claiming the stuff. Because that that's kind of stupid on his part. And I'll tell you why. Number one, you know, you can't say, oh, that stuff, that's my apparel and, and my heirlooms. But the big problem is if he says, that's mine, guess what? That goes to Fred Goldman. Because Fred Goldman is allowed to seize his assets to sell, try and recoup, or to recover the $33 million civil judgment against Simpson. O.J. Simpson has like some, you know what it is? He's like a felonious uh, King Midas, where by definition, as soon as he as soon as soon he owns something, he no longer owns it. It goes to someone else. Yeah. Jesus, what a weird story. Um, yeah, and, and so now everybody wants this stuff, and, and uh, his uh, David Cook, who's Fred Goldman's lawyer, is trying to get the judge to move or the LA County to either sell this stuff and give the money to to Goldman, 
or to auction it off, or to, let's get a let's get a court thing going so the judge can award this stuff to Fred Goldman because he says his star witness is O.J. Simpson because the minute O.J. Simpson walked in that hotel room and said that stuff mine, I know he didn't use the word stuff, um, th- th- that just that says okay, it goes to Fred Goldman who can now sell it to. Retrieve or to recover some of that money. Hey, here's a question: They, they were uh, there was that thing where they were selling off a bunch of Michael Jackson stuff. Where they were going to be doing it. Are they selling any of OJ's? Could I buy like part of OJ's suit or something? I would totally do that at well, this that, point. Th- all that stuff is is being. First of all, they never ever sold any of that stuff from Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was it was, uh, you know, and I was all planning to buy a carpet swatch from yeah, Neverland. I went, I, I went over to look at the stuff. It was pretty weird. You know, it would have been nice to buy, like, a spoon or something because I couldn't afford any other stuff. You know, and go, ah, oh, I got a spoon for Michael Jackson. Um, but uh, with the O.J. Simpson suit that he wore on uh, acquittal day and all of that stuff, um, that's part of the, the stuff that um, that these guys had, that Alfred Beardsley and, and that Bruce Vermont had. That's part of that stuff. And Mike Garrett, uh, he's not Mike Garrett. I forgot his name now. But he's another one of the – of the three, he was the sports agent that apparently, according to O.J. Simpson, stole the stuff out of Simpson's house and either sold it or gave it to Beardsley and Fremont to sell. So it's it's this whole weird circle that no one's ever been able to really dissect and figure out exactly whose stuff is whose. I got, I got two things here. One is is it? Am I imagining? This or did a guy actually buy OJ's Heisman Trophy at one point and then said he was going to like blow it up or melt it I, down? I, or... I, I, that sounds familiar, but I don't think they ever did. Uh, see, that's regrettable. I was actually hoping that somebody had followed through on that. I had this, I, I had this image in my head of him buying it and then calling a press conference, you know, and just sort of OJ, look at this, and just crushing the thing into small little pieces. Secondly, um, that you went right to a, a spoon from Neverland is sort of creepy because. If there's something I don't want, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I own a lot of weird stuff, but the idea that I'm going to use something that Michael Jackson was, was you know, using to ladle yogurt into his mouth every morning never, is... I would never use it. Something on. deeply, well, I wouldn't even, I'd put that behind the thickest glass I could possibly find. I'd think that the spoon was possessed with some sort of <laughs> evil. Uh, and finally, uh, Greg Nibbler, our production assistant, uh, says here that he actually has an autographed O.J. Simpson book. Is that, that's not the, what book would it be? That's not the I want to tell you book, is it? The one where he wrote in jail? If I did it, you mean? Or no, no, no. no so you're thinking of, no, no, no. This, I know way too much about this. If I did it is the one that came out a couple of years ago that leaked out uh, that that you know where he the cops to the to the murder allegedly or whatever. I want to tell you is the book that came out in '96 that he wrote and published while he was in jail awaiting the original trial. Oh. And that was right around. I don't know why I know any of these. It was right around the time that like Faye Resnick was you know writing books. So. There's a uh, there's a name you haven't heard yeah, in quite a while. A name from the past. All right, my well, friend. Well, what, what is the book that he has? Oh yeah, well, what is the uh, the problem here is that Greg is in a Greg is speaking of behind thick glass. Greg, like one of Michael Jackson's spoons, is hermetically sealed away from us, and he can type on the. Uh, it is I want to tell you. All right, yeah, it's I want to tell you. It's it's the book that it, that OJ wrote while he was uh while he was sitting uh while he was sitting in the clink. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, he's a uh, Greg is busy doing something else at the moment. I'd unfortunately. explore. I'd explore what that might be worth if I was. You, you think? All right, because I, I got to imagine that OJ at a certain point was probably just autographing everything he could possibly find because he figured he wanted the uh, the public on his side. He wanted to demonstrate that he was a you know he was a misunderstood individual, not not such a bad guy really, except for the killing. <laughs> 
All right, enjoy your day. And uh, you're well. Look, I mean, we've all have we've all had bad days or evenings between the hours of seven and ten thirty, give or take twenty minutes. Enjoy your weekend, sir. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Jim Rope, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent, wonderful. We come back, Tim Riley. We'll have uh, stories, including the following headlines for us. All righty. That Salem fireworks tinkerer nearly blew himself to bits. Three survive an emergency hot air balloon landing in Beaverton. That happened when we were going off the air. And not so good. Today's question is, what CBS newsman is reported to be so near death that his obituary is being updated as we speak? What do I get if I guess correctly? Are you looking around the studio for something to hand me? Oops. <laughs> Do I get I this bag of sunflower seeds that's already been opened? Thanks so much. My fat boy. That's great. <laughs> this was sealed yesterday. <laughs> you win a bag of comestibles that fat boy's been that's jamming his fingers all over into. The counter that I thought was closed. Great. A sizzling bag of bacon. Well, that's uh, that's a prize. That's great. Right. Why would you not want to guess now? I really now I have to actually put some thought into it. I'm going to go I'm going to go some serious research on should, Wikipedia should before I answer this. Should I put these back in the bag and give them to Fat Boy like nothing happens? Yes, okay. you should. But you should lick one of them <laughs> of the 500 seeds in there. You should just give one a good, long, luxurious licking and then it's put it back in the savage bag. Thing. Oh, you know, can I just say my sister used to do that. My damn sister. She used to open uh, snack foods in our home, and she would actually do that. She'd take like one candy out of a bag. And she'd put it in her mouth, and then dry it off, and put it back in the bag, and then she wouldn't. T- and then she'd be like, "One of those, like, you know, was in my mouth." And then, he, and then he, he can't. And then you have to hold, yeah. throw the whole thing away. Jesus! All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We return momentarily. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. The Jesus is about two inches tall. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. All right, well, we'll do it at 6 o'clock. I can't wait. It, I mean, it might just be a me thing, but I suspect it's not the case. I, think I the, don't think so, because I've had it sent to me, but I've never seen it before. We'll put this uh, We'll put this commercial up at uh, rickemerson.com here in just a few. We'll play it at, at 6 o'clock. So our good friend Siegfried sent this to me. And I know that somebody, yeah, you, somebody said it to you, and you hadn't watched it yet, and I'm glad, and here's I'm glad why. I'm glad that I didn't, yeah. Because I want, you, I want us all to experience this together. So... I saw this referenced, and Siegfried sent it to me. I haven't actually seen it played uh, on the uh, television, but I know that it is a... Because he actually said to me, the first thing he put in the email was, he said, you'll think this is fake, you'll think it's a sketch, I assure you this is real. So he he passed it along to me, and I watched it last night, and every moment I kept thinking to myself, well, this is already the greatest commercial I've ever seen in the history of, of television. I, there's no way it can get any better. And then it just continues to reach new levels of greatness. So, with, I mean, it leaves the, the, the ShamWow thing, like, so far in the rearview mirror that I can't even... It's impossible for me to oversell it. That's the thing. It's impossible for me to overstate uh, just like the, the pure awesome uh, that comprises this commercial. So we'll do that at 6 o'clock, and then I'll put it up on the, uh, on the website at rickemerson.com so you can see it there. In the meantime, in between time, this is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 545. This is going to be the first weekend of several, so it's Father's Day weekend. High temperatures may hit only 70 degrees. Well, the good people of Lentz have spoken up. They don't want a baseball stadium there. Nearly 100 people gathered at Mount Scott Community College last night to oppose the building of that minor league baseball stadium in Lentz. 
Now, they don't mind the swing of bats around their neighborhood, but it has to be at each other and not at a ball. The uh, protesters shared their disapproval at the Lentz Town Center. The $42.3 million project, that is a lot of money. Say that again, $42.3 million project. It would build a brand new stadium in Lentz. It really spiff up the place, but nobody's interested. Is that a town center or a town centra, do you suppose? It is a town center, C-E-N-T-E-R, not right. the fancy one. They're hey, down to so earth this post. is for the sporting events, right? This is for yeah. the, uh, well, but, okay, so, so the, the people there don't want it? No, the people there don't want it. Where I would mean, it be? Is it like sandwich between the Walmart and like Valley Village? No, that was actually going to be my question, is where <laughs> in Lentz is it going to be? It's uh, near the uh, current park they have there. There's no park in Lentz. You're lying. It's a fabricated story. That's how I know. There's a park in Lentz. There's no greenery of any kind in Lentz, except for the... The only greenery in Lentz comes in tiny little bags from your cousin Hector. That's it. That's all. Lentz Park, anyone? No. There's a park there. I know there's a cemetery. Yes, yes, there is, both literally and figuratively. Did I tell you that I went to the uh, the, uh, library on... God, it was, a, it was the 122nd Division or something last weekend because I had to – I was looking for a book, and I it was one of those things where I, I think I just I, – I just spent a bunch of money on something else that day, and I was in one of those particularly uh, tight-fisted moods where I didn't feel like spending a dollar. But did you ever, do, did you ever have one of those afternoons? And these are typically on weekends when you didn't really anticipate spending any money, and then about four hours later, you realize that you've spent just a whole fistful of cash, and you think to yourself – like I'm going to go through the rest of the day, and I'm not going to spend another nickel because I've already I've already just depleted all of the you know I've depleted all of the money that I'd planned on plan on spending this week on this one afternoon with really nothing to show for it. So anyway, there was a book I needed. I didn't want to go to the bookstore, and I was just like, you know, I'll go to the library. And I go to two different libraries. I go to the one downtown. They don't have the book. I go to the library in Belmont. They don't have the book. And finally, I get the bright idea to go to the little you know the virtual card catalog thing or whatever whatever they call it now. And to see where it's available. And it's available at the library that's on 122nd Division. Who even knew that they had a library at 122nd Division? I mean, That's why any book you're looking for is probably there. They were all there. That's the thing. Every single book. There was three different books, and I would have settled for any one of them. They were all there. You know why? Walked into the library. There was one other person. That's it. And it's not not tiny. Like, it's bigger than the Belmont Library. And they always have VHS tapes with the entire series of roots that nobody ever takes out. Who would want to see that? <laughs> All of them are there. The, the entire series of Roots on VHS. Why is that still there? And who is requesting it? It's, it's always And it's always there under, like, librarian's pick yeah. or something. Uh, but you're right. Every single book was available. It was, uh, I, it was almost as though I was the first person. It was like I was breaking the seal on the library Anything in a strange way. Wanted? Here's the thing, though. The you, librarian is covered with dust. I'm, I'm telling you. No, but you know. On the counter. No, you know what the librarian, you know what the thing with the librarian, the librarian was one of those guys that, first of all, just did the biggest moves you have ever seen in your life. I mean, it was just. It, it was like I was. It, it wasn't so much like a like a person as it was like a schmoo that had been just mashed into the shape of a librarian, and it was one of those things I'd still totally forgotten about this, where the librarian is this. He's a huge guy, but not just huge. I mean, he's he's not huge like uh, you know. There's these guys who are just sort of they're 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 barrel chested uh, in 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 the sense that. You get you get the idea they might have been in shape once, like in high school when they were football players, and now they're, they're you know they're just tubs. But you can you can sense that there once was some muscle tone there, like mm-hmm. they they were athletic at one point, and usually those guys still dress like athletes. And we've worked with some some guys like that in the past. This guy though, 
It's like I don't even think he had bones. It was just he, <laughs> he was just he was just sort of like this oddly shaped jelly mold of a human who was just sort of spongily sitting behind the desk waiting for somebody to get a book. With spectacles and like thin wispy baby hair that oh, was almost gone. Baby hair on but you don't talk, man. No, you know, I know exactly what you, you're talking. But about. you know exactly the kind of guy I'm talking about. Um, and then, and then I said, uh, you know, and I didn't have my library card. I realized that I'd, I'd left it at home, and I said, hey, uh, so I, I forgot my library card. Can I check this out? And he opens his mouth and he goes, yeah, that'll be no problem. And I just, and, and it was that thing of going and sucking the laughter back into your mouth as soon as it started to come out because I knew that I was going to lose it. And I actually, uh, I feigned a cell phone call so I could get away from him because I knew I was going to, uh, I was going to lose composure. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Say, so here's something good from the government, believe it or not. This is a plan to give rebates to nude car buyers in exchange for their older cars. The nude is... car buyers? No, we'll talk about nudeness later. This is new, NEW okay. car buyers. All right. This is the so-called Cash for Clunkers program. It offers $3,500 to $4,500 in cash vouchers. And it's been inserted into a war spending measure. So that'll pass. We're always for war. Uh, the Senate yesterday voted against removing the provision from the war funding bill. Consumer website Edmunds.com estimates the $1 billion program could boost car sales this year by about 250,000 vehicles. So under this program, passenger cars from 1984 or newer with combined miles per gallon ratings of 18 or less are eligible. Owners could get a $3,500 voucher if they trade for a new car rated at at least four miles per gallon higher, or $4,500 if they buy a car that gets oh, so miles confusing. per gallon more. This is like the time my father-in-law tried to teach me how to use a slide rule, and I got about I got about 35 seconds into that, and I realized I was never going to understand it, and so I just had to spend the next 20 minutes as he was sort of Grandpa Simpsoning his way through the various, you know, and then this shows you how to calculate the area of a hectare. And and I was sort of nodding and smiling blankly and kind of going, that sounds really good. How can I get out of here? So so if I get to have a car that has 18 miles to the gallon. Yes, or less. I can get, who has a car that gets less than 18 miles to the gallon? I mean, unless you're one of those guys driving a Hummer. You would really well, all these all these SUV owners. Well, that's true. I mean, I, for the most part, none of these SUVs get that. That's a really good point. I, I was I was going to say that you almost have to work to, for your car to get like fifteen miles to the gallon. But if you have an SUV, and most people do, what do you suppose one? the average gas mileage of of the average? In other words, not one that's right off the lot, but not one that's twenty years old. Like if you had an SUV from like two thousand five. That you kept in moderately good shape. I wonder what the gas mileage on that is. At least 15 around that. Jesus. In town. <laughs> Seriously. In Beaverton, less. You have to stop like every five feet. I, I, can't, I cannot even imagine. I, 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 you burn more gas living in the suburbs than you do in town. Look, because I, there are more lights and there are longer stop and go periods. And I don't mean to be like Johnny Smug, but... Uh, it just doesn't seem worth it. There is just... I. Do you ever just get that satisfaction of knowing you did the right thing? And, and do, in this case, doing the right thing means not buying some big, uh, the, the massive uh, penis extension of a car. The, the, you then have to just sort of funnel your pay. It's like they, it's like they ought to just send your paycheck directly to Exxon or something. Every, you know, every two weeks because the, that thing. What was that gas? It was like three ninety or something? Was that two summers ago? Last summer? Last summer. Was last summer. It was the summer. The gas was like four bucks a gallon, and you would just see these guys. And they, I saw one guy actually who. It was like every, this was in uh, Vancouver, and he was gassing up his huge SUV. I won't say what kind it was, but it was, uh, it was, from, a, uh, it was from a manufacturer of, um, of luxury automobiles, and they had it branched out into the, uh, 
into the SUV making uh, uh, the industry. And he's filling it up, and it's like every single gesture was done angrily. It was it was like taking out the gas pump, and it was throwing down the little the little lever inside, uh, you know, like as hard as he possibly could, like pulling off the cap and jamming the thing in, and it, and you just knew that he was going to go home and just it, it, you know just drop kick his dachshund across the front yard too because he was so filled with rage about the whole thing. Listener says average. Uh, Greg just put this on the screen. A listener says the average SUV gas mileage is. Thirteen point five miles to the gallon. Hmm. Wow, yeah, that's believable. Jesus. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So now that you sat through that, I'll give you the nudity story because I've gotten so many emails about this. Everyone's asking me, "Is this new thing this weekend?" No. According to this letter, do you want to be there when the world record for the most people skinny dipping is set? Oh God, no, no, no. no. Well, that you have to go out of your way to get there. It's going to be Savi Island Beach, July 11th at noontime. It's not at the Lentz Park. It says it's going to be a boat full of beautiful people. That's that's a lie. That's a lie. That's not true. Mm-hmm. It says rock on from Carol and Dave. We'll be there. Carol and Dave from, wait a minute, that's not, that's not, the, Carol and Dave aren't from Tucson, are they? No, that's. Um... Isn't Carol from Tucson? Then we have a listener, we have a listener, Carol, yeah, who listens to it in Tucson. Tucson. Is her man, I mean, this is just like the like the point zero zero one percent the reference here. But there's we have a longtime listener named Carol who's come to see us several times at some of our you know listener parties and events, or whatever. And I think she, she in some long distance relationship with some, like a, a, a guy. Sure. Oh, a guy. No, you're thinking Frank from Tucson. No, Frank no, 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 Arizona. No, I. Have we, have we, now we're have getting we ever, deeper and deeper into I things know. that people have no idea what we're talking about. And I was just going to say, have we ever sounded more like an old couple? No, no, no. You're thinking of <laughs> Frank from Schenectady. No, no, no. And Yolanda Pilch from Brooklyn. There's, no, 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 with the bad eye. That's who you're thinking of. Well, in any event. So this is a Sovi Island where yeah. there's, here's a dumb question. There's Sovi Island, but what, when you say it's an island, that is, that's not, is that the Columbia? Or is that the Willamette? What is it in the middle of? That'd be the Columbia. It's the Columbia. I was going to say, it's not going to be skinny dipping in the Willamette. No. All right, so Sovie Island is in the Columbia River. And if you go there, the water is like antifreeze. I don't know what people... It's it's green and brown. It's like... And and they have these nude people uh, bouncing around like beach balls in this thing. It's horrible. And I've never been to Savi Island to see all the naked it's a, people. Well, it's it's not just naked people; it's people who live there too. I was going to say Savi Island is a beautiful place. Clothed. Yeah, that, that's, beautiful yeah. Don't farms. Please don't judge Savi Island uh, by the by these nude freaks. Uh, no offense. The, uh, the Savi Island is actually have a brand new bridge. A, it's a great place. It really is a very beautiful, beautiful place. It's and nice I'm drive. and I'm not much of an outdoors guy. You know, it's not, I don't I don't I don't want to live my life like a stay free commercial while I'm running through a field somewhere. But it is it is a pretty beautiful place to go. And if you're into like uh, like if you want to go out and get uh, like uh, fruit or vegetables or whatever during the spring and summer, there's a lot of um, uh, farms out there. Yeah, where they just you can either pick your own or they'll be they have like those farmers markets out there. But it's like the real deal farmers markets where there's like actual farms and this guy like picks the stuff right off the thing and he stick it in the basket and they take it down. And you wander into this big sort of open air wooden building and you buy stuff. Also, that's where I get the, my dogs boarded. There's a dog boarding place out I there. I do too. Run by some listeners actually. Uh, and oh, I'm, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, if you go to that dog boarding place now, now Tim and I sound like an old couple. If you go to that dog boarding place by the fruit stand where there's that boy with the peg leg. As for uh, Flossie and Nick, they run. The- <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. It is Friday morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rick Emerson radio program. Coming up here at the top of the hour, we'll, um, we'll play this TV commercial. Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. That we've been talking about so much. Here's Rush. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland on Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. 
KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up, uh, Tim. Oh, I've just had some thoughts going through my head. You had an odd expression on your face just now. As Linda Perry would say in the Four Non Blondes hit, uh, What's Up? You are feeling a little peculiar today? Well, I'm, I'm trying to play, place this uh, attractive young lady using a certain device. All right. So you're not watching the commercial in advance, are you? You're not I'm looking at, at I'm text? looking at the still picture. All right. And the name of the product. All right. Well, we'll play this in just a moment. If you'd like to uh, do this at home. I just read the description. No, no, no. I didn't look at anything. It's pause. No, but there's a description. It's not gonna, your eyes. It's not going to help anything. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Siegfried has. Um, Siegfried, uh, our good friend of the uh, show, has sent us something. And if you'd like to watch it along with us now, this is the uh, time to do so. You go to rickemerson.com right now. It is safe for work, by the way. This is a uh, a, a TV commercial. I won't say from the. It's not from the people who brought you the slap chop, but it really, I think, is the. It is just a logical extension of where we are as a people. So go to rickemerson.com. We'll watch this uh, together here in just one moment, sort of picture pages style. Uh, rickemerson.com. It is the blog entry titled Holy God Almighty. So you just uh, get that YouTube video ready to play, pause it, and uh, we'll watch that in just a moment. Tim Riley's working on the following stories on this Friday morning. A plan for an Oregon beer tax fails to get off the ground in Salem. Gene Simmons' urinal cakes are sweeping the nation. Larry King says he's spoken to Chastity Bono and says he doesn't know how it feels to be born with the wrong body. Because <laughs> everything about Larry King's body is right. All right, are we all prepared? Yes, we are. Oh, yes. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, um, if you go to RickEmerson.com right now, you can join us in viewing this commercial. This is for a product called... It's for a product called Comfort Wipe. <laughs> okay. This is a real product. Um, is it like for wiping off like forehead sweaters? Exactly, Sarah, uh, or possibly not. Let me just describe for the folks who are listening, and I really just you must you must follow my advice here. The next time you're in front of a computer, if you're on your iPhone, your BlackBerry, and if you have anything that can play a YouTube video, you must go to RickEmerson.com right now. Don't start laughing because if you see if you lose your composure now, I'll never get through this introduction, Tim. You must go to rickemerson.com and play this video. The device that the woman is holding, uh, it, it, it looks, you know, one of those removable shower heads that you can uh, you can take off, uh, you know, it's like it's the handle and then, you know, and then there's the, uh, the shower head for uh, spraying off those hard to reach areas. Imagine that if it were sort of elongated and kind of curved at the end. So imagine okay. if, you, if you had... Um, if you had a shower head, a removable shower head that was about, oh, I don't know, 18 inches long and sort of curved slightly as though I'll have to do one better description and then we'll watch this. Here's actually is a much, much better description. You know how they all toothbrushes now are angled. Mm -hmm. So the toothbrushes used to be straight across. Now the toothbrush gets toward the head and it kind of angles up at about 40 degrees or something to get, you know, the beer molars or something. Imagine if you had a toothbrush. That was shaped just like that. It's like an angled toothbrush, but it's, I don't know, about as big around as a broom handle and about 18 inches long. Okay. And it and it has like a little uh, clampy thing at one end, like it can pick stuff up. Is this available only one size? <laughs> yes, Tim. All right. Uh, a clamp on it? it, it so, it's, yeah, it is, it is shaped like a huge angled toothbrush, but part of it sort of, uh, you know, can sort of uh, pick, pick things up. So it's like you could... Uh, like a little robot arm at one end. You know what I'm talking about? Like you could pick stuff up with it. 
Okay, on the curved end or the other end? The, the, the end where it angles up. Like if it was a huge toothbrush where the bristles would be, there's like a little... Something um, like tongs or something. It, that's exactly what it's like. No, that very good. That's the word I was looking for. It is like a huge... It's shaped like a huge angled toothbrush, but instead of bristles, it's got tongs there. Okay. That's exactly the right way to describe this product. So when you get a chance, you go to rickemerson.com. We will now watch this. Okay, we all uh, queued up, everybody? Yes. 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 All right. Now we're going to, we'll One, press play. Two, three, and then. Uh, and then on the four, okay. we'll, we'll press play. All right. We're ready to have, you've got my computer up over there? Yes. All right. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the, uh, the commercial for the comfort wipe. One, two, three, play. For over 100 years, we've been scrunching and folding toilet paper. Finally, there's a better way. Comfort Wipe, the sanitary paper extension arm and holder. The first improvement to toilet paper as we know it since the 1880s. It extends your reach a full 18 inches while it follows the contours of your body and comfortably cleans. It's as easy to use as a shower brush. Just pop on the toilet tissue and when through, just press the release button and the tissue drops right into the toilet. Think about it. Toilet paper is really archaic and disgusting. The Comfort Wipe is a modern solution. That's right. Never touch another dirty toilet tissue. Being a big guy certainly has its advantages oh. and its disadvantages. This is a great product. <laughs> it's embarrassing to have someone help you with your personal matters. The Comfort Wipe allows you to maintain your dignity while you maintain your personal hygiene. Comfort Wipe, the sanitary paper extension arm and holder. The first improvement to toilet paper as we know it since the 1880s. It extends your reach a full 18 inches while it follows the contours of your body and comfortably cleans. So if you or someone you love suffers from the loss of range of motion, or if you're someone who just doesn't want to touch dirty toilet paper, don't be embarrassed. Just get a Comfort Wipe. Some people Order are just now so lazy. We'll send you the Comfort Wipe for just $19.99. Wait, you get a second one? Plus, we'll send you the Get-A-Grip. Just pay separate shipping and handling. It's the assist handle that installs in seconds. Getting in and out of the tub has never been more comfortable. You get it all. The Comfort Wipe and the Get-A-Grip. The entire $50 value for just $19.99. But you have to call now so there you go so that's the uh that's the comfort wipe wow which is like the best thing i watched that a hundred times in a row last night it's unbelievable and i mean those things look scary too like those tong things i'm sorry i don't want those near my business i mean and the best part though is they look like they have giant like spiky teeth <laughs> that are like eating the toilet paper the best part is where they bring the guy out he's a, he's a huge guy and oh, he says nobody and then he leads off by saying being a big guy certainly has its advantages. What are those? <laughs> he never, he, Does he say he has never, its advantages? He never enumerates whatever the advantages. There's no specificity given to those advantages at all. He never lists any of those advantages. And, and because of that, uh, it, it, it... Easy, to, easy to use as a shower brush. Right just pop on the toilet tissue and when through, just press the release button and the tissue drops right into the toilet. Think about it. Toilet paper is really archaic and disgusting. Ew. The Comfort Wipe is a modern solution. Wait. That's right. Never touch another dirty toilet tissue. <laughs> Being a big guy certainly has its advantages and its disadvantages. This is a great product. Okay. What does so, that even mean? I, I, apparently, he, he, he can't reach and take care of his business because he's just too obese. That's... Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's clearly the implication, right? It's just his, his, his little T-Rex arms won't, it can't quite reach down to... Uh... Yes, life is going really well for you if you can't even <laughs> reach your... If you can't clean uh, an intimate part of your body, 
Perhaps does he even have to like carry that around with him in his pocket? Well, that's a, see. I was actually going to ask that same Do they question. Have separate one, ones for men and women. It's, I mean, a woman could put that in her purse. Obviously, it's not. Do they have a comfort wipe sling that you can like, <laughs> attach next to your cell phone. They need like a collapsible baton-like comfort wipe uh, that you could. That'll be the next thing. It'll be like the Ron Popeil pocket uh, comfort wipe. But I mean, at a certain point, if you're having to use basically a stick to clean yourself. Isn't that when really you ought to take a good, a good cold hard look at some of the directions you've gone in your life? I mean, that's when you need to ponder exactly how many, uh, how many trips you've taken to the buffet in your life, and maybe whether you could uh, ease back on that just a bit. And that he says when he says being a big guy certainly has its advantages and its disadvantages. And that he doesn't bother to explicate that or explain it well, indicates. He really need to well, that's the thing. It. But but don't you? But at that point, he's the the implication is, and you know what I'm talking about, fellow fat people. I can't wipe myself. And then out. So I guess this is a common problem that needs to be remedied. And then out of nowhere, into the frame comes the comfort wipe, a big plastic stick. How is that even helpful? I. Uh, my question about it is: there have to be different techniques in using it. <laughs> Let me just, we'll get this quote from this, this one uh, additional woman in this ad, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk to Steve Castabam around the corner. And I've got many more questions about this, but let me just... It's embarrassing to have someone help you with your personal matters. <laughs> the comfort wipe allows you to maintain... Is that going on a lot? ...while you maintain your personal hygiene. Yes, excellent. <sighs> you know what the sad part is? One of these mornings, you're going to come in and find one of those dirty in the kitchen sink. <laughs> Hey, does this dishwasher have a pot and pan setting? That's great. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Steve Kastenbaum coming up in mere moments. Here's the Kings of Leon, ladies and gentlemen. We are live from Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Friday morning. Share your thoughts with billions. I would um, honestly move from the area um, of the feces. Call 503-228-4101. Mommy, what color is a casket? This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The best part is the woman in the commercial who is saying, it's embarrassing to have people help you with your personal business. As she's waving her hands around <laughs> spasmodically, she's clearly not uh, disabled in any way. Which makes you think like it has, it's like some weird stick fetish or something. Or maybe she used to have people who did that for her, but now with the recession, th- you know, they're not around, but she doesn't want to have to touch her own area. Good oh, thing like the a Jackie Collins there. type of Exactly. <laughs> <Sort of. laughs> Leona why, Helmsley. Why was she just going to say wiping oneself is for little people? <laughs> not, you know, little people. Uh, let's welcome now to the... Uh, Hello. Hello, Steve Castabam. How are you? There we go. In silent all of a sudden. <laughs> I was just oh, that uh, was Rick. I was wondering whether it was one step too far to make a Billy Barty joke, and then I decided it was, and so I pulled back from the whole thing. Uh, how was your morning going, my friend? Pretty good. Not bad. Uh, all things considered, it's Friday, you know? Indeed. Let's. Uh, so we ended yesterday's show. Yesterday was just, uh, just sort of one one long unfolding series of just unbelievable events. And it sort of climaxed with this business of the plane landing, even though the pilot had passed away at some point. And that happened with about half an hour left in our show, and then really at about five minutes uh, to nine our time, so five minutes to about 11.55 on the East Coast, the, the, the plane finally touched down. But between pilot passing away and plane landing, we were just fixated on, on all of the various 
uh, you know, stages of what everybody goes through. Like, do they tell do they tell the passengers? Is there somebody else in the plane to land it? Do they have to see if anybody who's you know flying on the plane has experience? So what? What is the sort of timeline as you understand it? You know, what's so amazing about this story is that the information got out uh, with about an hour and 15, an hour and 30 minutes before the plane actually landed. So we were all able to get to Newark Airport uh, and be there for the passengers disembarking. I, f- I thought that was pretty amazing. You know, here's this plane still in the air, and the, the, the news was spreading like wildfire. But the passengers said that the only thing that they knew was there was a call over the public address system on the plane for uh, any doctors on board the aircraft that they uh, had somebody in need of medical attention. That's all they knew. They had no idea that the pilot had passed away. He apparently uh, pa- uh, may have had a, a massive heart attack, uh, although they'll have to uh, perform an autopsy. But uh, the wife of the pilot actually spoke to CNN. She was so distraught, but she managed to, to say a few things to us. And she said that, uh, as, as she knows it, the, the co-pilot thought that her husband had fallen asleep, had, had, uh, and uh, he was nudging him, and that was when he realized that uh, that you know he had passed away in his chair right there in the mm-hmm. cockpit. And, uh, Tim, do we have a little bit of sound on this? Here. Here's one of the passengers. Uh, hang on. I'm sorry. Is Tim's computer up over there, sir? Okay, let me go. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, get, this is a, we have a little piece of audio here. From... It was just a uh, announcement. Is, is there a doctor on board? If so, please come to the to the front of the uh, cabin. Yeah, everybody's telling me the same thing when when they came off the plane that they were shocked that they they first learned that it was uh, that the medical emergency was in the cockpit when they landed in Newark a little bit ahead of schedule, and. They were they were quite surprised, but glad that they were never told what was going on because they still had a few hours left in the flight. Uh, whenever there's a, a flight time of eight hours or more, there has to be a relief pilot on board. Right. So there were some additional crew members plus some other guys uh, who were also pilots who were uh, flying on this plane uh, for Continental. So there, uh, according to the airline, was never any danger to the passengers. They had other other. And, and the co-pilot is, is a fully licensed and experienced pilot with 11 and a half years, they said. So uh, he would have been able to fly the plane alone if he had to. You know, we had this whole discussion about uh, about cell service. And <clears throat> if you're flying from, you know, Brussels to New Jersey or whatever, at what point does at what point does cell service kick in? Because you sort of take it as an article of faith that not everybody turns off their cell phone. And especially if nobody's really aware that anything's going uh, wonky, uh, you know, with the, with the flight in some way or another. The closer they get to their destination, the more likely it is people are kind of surreptitiously turning those things on so they can get a head start on getting their text messages, the voicemail or something. And if you're going to get a whole series of, you know, things from your relatives saying like, OMG, the pilot is dead. Uh, you know, you just it's just uh, unbelievable to think that somehow chaos does not erupt on, on planes when something like this happens. You're right. Uh, and uh, over the Atlantic, obviously, there's no cell service. But what about, I was thinking about uh, a lot of those uh, new um, aircraft have the, uh, a couple of airlines are, are using uh, Internet access. Right, right. What if you're online and all of a sudden you find out something like that? Um, hey, just, oh, my God, that's a nightmare scenario. As we sort of uh, wrap this up, Steve, I don't know if, uh, if you're going to need at some point today a boost to your spirits or you're going to need something to put a little spring in your step. Um, at your earliest opportunity, uh, I would encourage you in the strongest possible terms to go to rickemerson.com. And while you're there, look for a blog posting. This is safe for work, if unnerving. Look for a blog posting that is called Holy God Almighty, which is really the only, the only way that I could describe it. And it is a, it is a tele, it's not really an infomercial as such. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of those commercials that's like, it's an odd length because commercials don't they don't really stick to like 60 seconds the way they used to but it's not like a 20 minute thing it's i don't know maybe maybe 90 seconds 2 minutes long mm-hmm. it is um 
sort of the next, I was going to say the next logical step from the ShamWow, but that doesn't make any sense either. It's, it's just another one of those products that you never really thought you would see advertised on television, and yet there it is. Oh, my God. I, I haven't played the video yet, but I'm just looking at the uh, utensil that the woman is holding, and, and oh. I'm already thinking. Dude, if you really, honestly, I don't know if you got a skedaddle, but if not, you really ought to just like be playing that right now. We, I, can, I can set aside all the time in the world to hear your reaction to this. All right. Do you want to? Do you have it ready to go? Because it'll be better quality if you. That's fine. You know what? I'll uh, I back it up here, and we'll do like a three, two, one, and we'll start it. All right, uh, I'm listening. All right, three, two, one, and go. Oh, I'm sorry, that's uh, a. <laughs> so let me try that again here. No, Just, uh, I, I guess it would help if I had the volume uh, button pressed. All right, one, two, three, go. For over 100 years, we've been scrunching and folding toilet paper. Finally, there's a better way. Comfort Wipe, the sanitary paper extension arm and holder. The first improvement to toilet paper as we know it since the 1880s. It extends your reach a full 18 inches while it follows the contours of your body and comfortably cleans. It's as easy to use as a shower brush. Just pop on the toilet tissue and when through, just press I've the heard enough. button and the oh. tissue... Oh, no, you haven't heard enough. The toilet. Think about it. Toilet paper is really archaic and disgusting. The Comfort Wipe is a modern solution. That's right. Never touch another dirty toilet tissue. Oh. Being a big guy certainly has its advantages and its disadvantages. This is a great product. It's embarrassing to have someone help you with your personal matters. Oh. The Comfort Wipe allows you to maintain your dignity while you maintain your personal hygiene. She sounds dignified. Comfort Wipe, the sanitary paper extension arm and holder. The first improvement to toilet paper as we know it since the 1880s. Is it saying toilet paper as we know it makes it sound like some impossibly science fiction-oriented product? They're really latching onto the 1880s thing. Well, that yeah. And also the 18 inches thing. You know what I was just doing as, as they kept... Because they use this phrase three different times. They say, extends your grasp by 18 inches. I what held, if that's not enough? I, <laughs> what if I need a full 19 inches? What if I need 40 <laughs> inches of extension? No, I just, as we were hearing, I sort of put my arms out in this Jesus pose, and I was imagining if my arm was a full foot and a half longer. You've <laughs> got real... Seriously, you've got you've got real problems if your arm needs to be basically two feet longer to reach your area. I mean, that's... You want to laugh? I immediately thought uh, of my aunt, who's a germaphobe. And thought that, you know what, I, I bet she hears this and thinks, that's great. <laughs> See, and that's what I'm thinking, because if you watch this commercial, uh, and I don't know if you were watching along, if you were just hearing the audio, but it's it, it, the first uh, person they talk to is this blonde uh, uh, woman who, like, they don't really ever I explain, except for the big guy, except for like the, the big guy who says, being big has its advantages and its disadvantages. They don't really indicate why the other people would need it because they all appear to have what they call full range of motion. And when that woman comes on and she says, it's embarrassing to have other people have to deal with your intimate business. It, she's like waving her arms wildly. So clearly it's, and she's a small woman. So clearly it, it's not like she can't uh, reach. So I'm wondering if that's like, uh, if, it, if this is just something for the OCD market. Uh, the, the woman clearly didn't go to the school of method acting. That's, <laughs> seriously, that's, that's, it's embarrassing to have to wash your hands 500 times a day because you're terrified of your rectum. This is a solution. I can see that woman, you know, in the rehearsals. Wait, I'm supposed to be someone who can't reach back there, but moving my arms suggests that I can? Wait, I don't get it. Sort of a Strasbourgian method. Oh, right. man, that is terrible. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a market out there for this people who uh, sadly, you know, 
are incapacitated uh, in some way or don't have full range of motion, as you said. But, man, an infomercial for that? Yeah. So I, uh, of course, now have no choice but to buy one. Just, you know, just so you know. I mean, just, you know, just so you know firsthand whether, you know, so Oh, to speak. my God. I do not want to hear a testimonial. But, but I'm just, you know what's going to happen? You're going to say, I don't know how I live without one for so long. <laughs> Sarah, you have, Sarah, let me tell you. It, it's like it's like a GPS. Exactly. And, and, you know, this made me think about the, <laughs> my wife is away on vacation with a friend and she's in China. And she said uh, I'd have a hard time in China because of the public restrooms. It, because it's just. Well, never mind. I don't. You know, I, I realized as I was about to ask, I don't want to know. I just, I just don't. Go online and, and search for images, uh, uh, public toilet China, and you'll find <laughs> out what she's talking about. Excellent. Maybe I'll wait till I'm on a computer upstairs near a lot of coworkers of mixed genders. Uh, <laughs> have a, a fantastic weekend, sir. Okay, take care. There you go. There's a Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Tim Ryden, we come back. What headlines will we be expanding upon? Well, probably nothing as good as that, but let's see what I can dig up here. Uh, Richard Simmons wants to meet the president. Angela, uh, Angelina Jolie wants even more children. And Al Roker continues to lash out against Spidey. Plus, coming up later on in the show, Aaron Duran will be here. He will be talking about year one. It is Friday morning. We are live from Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. This guy's a really good point. Maybe they're calling it the comfort wipe because Freedom Wand was already taken by something else. Maybe we should drop them from a B-21 over North Korea. Seriously, where this is... Try to civilize those people. (laughs) This is capitalism embodied. The comfort wipe is America. Uh, If you'd like to know what we're talking about, you can go to rickemerson.com. By the way, there's a uh, a new TV commercial uh, for this product that... I was going to say it's indescribable. The thing is, it's not indescribable. It's just that I really... It's unpleasant to describe. I just just can't do it justice. Um, So uh, when you get a chance, go to rickemerson.com and watch the the television commercial I've posted there that is uh, from our good friend uh, Siegfried. He passed uh, passed that our way. I've also put it up my uh, my Facebook page. We'll play the audio from it again uh, here in just a bit. And earlier today, we were talking about this lawsuit between Eddie Van Halen and Nike. So now I've had... This is this is one of those subjects. This is like that business of where wherever they filmed Mr. Holland's Opus. Don't call. I don't care. I've so long ago did I move on from caring about wherever they filmed Mr. Holland's Opus. But this thing over which shoe it is that Eddie Van Halen says was stolen from his guitar design. So here's the, so somebody has now taken and sent to me a photograph of the actual shoe in question. And I'm on, I don't know if this is the same one you pointed out. It, is it the one with the pattern at the bottom of the shoe? Yeah, it's a black low top, but then the, yeah, the, the, all... the rubbery part or whatever, the sole and the part that goes around it is red with white and black stripes. See, I, I could kind of see where he's coming from there. And here's the deal, because yeah. he actually himself just put out his own Chuck Taylor-style shoe. That's the one I was looking at, actually, where I said, hey, these Chuck Taylors, they look just like an Eddie Van Halen guitar. Those, in fact, are Van Halen um, uh, high tops. The thing from Nike is sort of, I don't really see that. I, it, it seems to be, uh, I mean, look, there's only so many ways you can put color on a shoe. I mean, there's, only, there's only so many decorations in the world. Basically, you've got stripes, and you've got solids, and you've got dots. That's it. Done. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 648. It's going to be partly cloudy this first weekend of the summer. High temperatures near 70.
That guy in Salem who enjoys tinkering with fireworks nearly blew himself to bits. 42-year-old Patrick Hilber was rushed to a Portland hospital after an explosion in his home left him with serious hand injuries. A further search revealed he also made a bomb, which was destroyed at the scene. Neighbors say Hilber's a decent guy. He just has a dangerous hobby. OSHA will investigate the death of a man who was killed by his lathe at a St. John's machine shop. Co-workers at Western Machine Works on North Borgard Street investigated strange noises. They found the man's body trapped inside the 40-foot uh, machine. Okay. It was too late to help. The, the strange noises is the, uh, that's the key phrase there in terms of the disconcerting factor. So a lathe is, wait a minute, this is my dad would be so disappointed in me. I mean, as though he weren't already. The, it's a big crushing machine. Uh, see, but is the, is that the... Yeah. Is that what a lathe is? I thought a lathe was like a uh, it was a thing that let you take the sharp edges off of pieces of wood. This wasn't a wood. big crushing machine. Wouldn't that just be a crusher? What's that? Well, that's the mangler. Uh, you're the new guy, so you get to run that. So what is a? La- I, I did not take machine shop. What did it I- wasn't offered in school? <laughs> did you I'm take the wrong person? To did work. you take wood shop? No. They probably. Don't- <laughs> I, I was told to read Chaucer you're, and you're, Beowulf. <laughs> I was not making dustpans and birdhouses. Hey, don't you think? Oh, man. We both went to trashy schools, Rick. <laughs> okay. Th- th- before we get back to Tim and his little Lord Fauntleroy outfit that he undoubtedly went to school in, um, can I just, can we all agree on this? We were just talking about how they're making that Teen Wolf sequel. Uh, for, first of all, yeah. don't you think there ought to be a Bay of Teen Wolf? No. Okay. Here's the thing, though. You don't think that, but here's what you do think. There ought to be... Megan Wolf? No, no, no. So here's the thing. I set the bar deliberately low by saying Bay of Teen Wolf, because that's bad. Yes. Here's what's a great idea. They ought to have... Who are you saying? Zach Efron, of course, is the guy that they're talking about for the Teen Wolf sequel. Uh, Here's the deal. Allegedly. Okay. But you get Zach Efron or whoever, some some guy... Some some empty-headed guy, Chance Crawford. They all look the same. Oh, yeah, Chance Crawford. They're actually the same person. (laughs) Some empty-headed nitwit. You get some adult-minded uh, pretty boy, and he plays a uh, you know not not a troubled kid, but a a, um, a complex and uh, perhaps somewhat mysterious teenager. A little bit uh, awkward around the ladies, but still good-looking. If you know, if only he could find his confidence and embrace himself as a person. Also, uh, he's a werewolf, and he's a lifeguard. Oh my god! And it's Beowulf. Like Baywatch. Oh, yeah. I was oh, thinking no, about no, that. Oh, no, we get it. Whatever. You know, that, well, was a good that's attempt. way funnier than the Bay of Teen Wolf. It was a good attempt. <laughs> was it really? Yes, it was. It's nice of you to say, Tim. Well, the United States says it has deployed anti-missile defenses around Hawaii. Following reports that North Korea is preparing to fire its most advanced ballistic missile on the 4th of July. We need Bill Pullman down there. What? Seriously. That's, uh, that's just one step too far. I won't have it. And you know why they're doing that? California Congressman Dana Rohrabacher, this is the first I've heard of this fellow, but he says it's all because the North Koreans think Obama's a cream puff. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? I think that Mr. Obama, uh, if he continues to have these type of attitudes, uh, we're going to see things get very bad very quickly. Already the North Koreans have challenged him and realized that he's a cream puff, if that's what he indeed is going to be. And now if the mullahs in Iran are permitted to just roll over their opposition somewhat like Tiananmen Square, uh, we will have missed a great opportunity. Clear your throat! The love of God. There is nothing. Now, rabble rouser. Did you ever hear people and they're speaking and they clearly have, they have like a little, 
It's what, Tim? <laughs> you know, you sounded like just there. You sounded like Boris Karloff trying to, like, doing his impression of a car that won't start. I don't know. Yeah, I get up in the morning. I try to start car. The <laughs> you hear, you'll hear somebody speaking though, and they've clearly got. There's, I, I hate to be gross, but they clearly like there's some small bit of phlegm that they, and it's like I hate that we can hear it like slapping around in their throat. I personally, uh, I think somebody should invent something to get rid of that. It's I was gonna, I was gonna go a whole different way with that comment. The here's the thing: something sanitary with a long handle. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm laughing. Just that phrase, just devoid of context, is hilarious. What I was going to say before Sarah started talking about the sound of it slapping around inside your throat is that when you will hear someone speak, though, and they've got that tiny little bit of the phlegm, and it's like you want the whole country to stop and take a vote. Like, look, we'll just amuse ourselves for 30 seconds or something. Go go get rid of it. Go, go, go. It's like when you get... Jesus. That's really gross when you can hear it. You okay. can hear... That is disgusting. And here's another thing that's disgusting, and I don't think we talked about this on the air. I think we were having an off-air... I think we were in the office talking about this. Somebody is talking, and they get that... Oh, I don't even like to think about this. It's just, I, know this may, I know this makes me sound like a cream puff because it, because I'm so revolted by something so uh, so minuscule. What does a cream puff sound like? It's sort of a kind of a sound. Uh, but when people are talking and they get that spit in the corner of their mouth. Oh, and it gets all foamy. That is the oh. worst. I mean, it makes me want to... Sh- yeah, just, I, well, yeah because mic. I was just sort of recoiling in horror and I hit my head on the microphone. You know what's even gross? This, is, oh. but, it, but I mean, it, it makes me want to go scrub myself. Uh, right now, but with but with a long plastic handle, so I don't have to touch any intimate areas because no, that's embarrassing. When people have so much saliva in their mouth too that you, they're the strings. Well, you don't want to ask other people to wipe it away for you. Oh. <laughs> I need a stick to wipe my mouth. <laughs> do you have difficulty reaching your own face? Are you going to do it the old-fashioned way with your hand? Does your arm need to be eighteen inches longer? Well, uh, yes, it does, Sarah. I don't like to brag. <laughs> The, what, what are you talking about when people get strings? What do you? I don't know what like you're talking stringy about. Stringy mouth, like when they have stringy mouth. Do you suffer from stringy mouth? When they have a bunch of saliva in their mouth and they're talking, and there's like saliva I don't, connecting see, the I don't, top and the bottom. I don't know who you're hanging out with. I don't think I ever seen. Have you seen some, like if someone's eaten something kind of, uh, and it's like kind of connected? Maybe I, I see. It's maybe gross. I don't oh. think I noticed that as much as I noticed the, the spittle in the corner of the mouth. That's the, to me. I don't even like to visualize that, right? Because it, just, it makes it, it's like I got to go clean myself with a cheese grater. I did. There's something about that that is just so unbelievably vile and off-putting. I just I can't even and I can't really quantify what it is that makes that so horrible. It just is. It's just gross. All right, I'm sorry. Anyway, so apparently Obama's a jelly donut. He's a <laughs> jelly donut. Is it because we haven't nuked anybody? Not that we haven't been pushing him to do it. We have. Uh, we, uh, I mean, I think we, uh, I think we're going to keep the warmongers quiet. Really? I think we did, uh, we did our, the, the best possible job yesterday of urging him to just, uh, to get rid of North Korea now. It's not our fault. He doesn't listen. By the way, yes. a lathe, uh, this guy says a lathe is the thing that spins the wood in the middle and you drag the tool along the side. You know what it is? A lathe is like that thing they have at the Greek restaurant where they have the huge, uh, c- cylinder of meat that's, uh, you I've know. I've never seen the Greek cylinder of meat. Yes, you <laughs> I was trying to find the appropriate um, comfort wipe uh, sounder to play after that, but really just nothing seemed to work. It's that 
It's the, there's no explanation that's not going to sound somehow inappropriate for all audiences. But you know what I'm talking about, where you go to the restaurant and they have what I don't even know what kind. It's like lamb or something, but it's like a big cylinder of meat that is like that is vertical oh, on. Like, it's like a it's like a paper towel. Of, yeah, of they meat. make euros with them. They kind of scrape off the meat. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Towel dispenser of meat? But yeah, that's ex- <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Sarah. It's a you paper get, towel of you meat. You eat them in mm-hmm. sheets? A, they ought so to make... Good. Dude, if they made uh, like beef jerky that came out like a, like a paper towel roll thing of beef jerky, you could just tear off a strip, I would buy that today. Like a perforated roll of beef jerky? I would too in a second. Dude, somebody ought to make that. Somebody like ought to make it so I can buy it. Like, like bubble tape with meat. I would completely buy that. Oh, me too. Wow. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Tim, would you? Well, not you. Probably not you. But well, I mean, I'd they, cheer you guys on. It would, it would sort of be like meat singles, like cheese singles, but they'd be connected. And then you could just go whoosh, and tear one off, except that they wouldn't have to be refrigerated. Uh, you just have that at room. T- that is and an, have like little perforated edges. That, that idea is fantastic. It is fantastic. You ought to trademark that idea or patent it or whatever it is you do with ideas like that. You ought to get, take care of that right now. Now I kind of want some... Meat? Beef stick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you talked in the middle of me saying this. Yes. Yes. Uh, anyway, so just to, to wrap all this up. So yes. the deal at the Greek restaurant, Tim, is that you go in and a lot of times they'll have that. It looks like a paper towel roll, but it's it's lamb, I think. And instead of being horizontal, it is vertical. And add, and it turns. So they make lamb into paper towels. <laughs> yes. There's nothing Americans can't do. Um, and as it rotates, the guy has a blade against it, and it just shaves off uh, meat into basically strips. And I think that's what a lathe is, but it's for huge pieces of wood. And the wood spins, and there's a blade that comes down on it, and it and so it lets you... A lathe is what they make a baseball bat on. So if you have a huge... So basically, let's say you have a tree, you know, uh, and you cut a piece of the tree to where it's whatever, however long a baseball, but it's like four feet or something, three feet... You basically take that three-foot log and you put it on there, and the lathe just lets you shape it down. It just spins, and you shape it down along the lead. That's, so that's how you turn a base. That's how you turn a tree into a baseball bat, um, or in this case, you turn that guy into, into a baseball bat. Okay. Yes, Tim, and that would explain the odd noises, wouldn't it? All right, it is the Rick Emerson show. We'll have more from Tim right ahead. God Almighty. Uh, Aaron Duran will be here. He'll uh, talk about year one. This is Shine Down. They are part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. You can find out more at KUFO.com. My friends, live from Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Show on Friday morning. My eyes are open wide. KUFO, Portland. That's right. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-228-4101. If you'd like to join us today, we are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Coming up in mere moments, Aaron Duran will be here uh, from geekinthecity.com. All right. I've, I've been isolating what I believe to be the... Uh, I know, and then you've got to close that. <laughs> the best moments from this. All right, I have... Uh, I'm torn between two moments from the Comfort Wipe commercial. I have... Being a big guy certainly has its advantages and its disadvantages. This is a great product. And I, I know what's <laughs> that wrong. That one's kind of amazing. I just keep thinking of Kenny Vance. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but it's just true. I just, I, look, I, it, it just had to be said. Maybe it didn't have to. Look, it's been said. Let's put it that way. You know, it's, it's, it's out there. It's probably been used by him. Come on. <laughs> See, that's a whole different level you just went to right there. That was not a thing I was going to say. I wasn't going to make that observation. I'm allowed to. I knew Kenny Vance, too. It's embarrassing to have someone help you with your personal matters. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on your Friday morning. Some people are getting really sick from eating raw Nestle's cookie dough. Stop it. There's a warning on the label, yet people are ignoring it. 
Other things going on today. The U.S. military is tracking a North Korean ship suspected of having missiles and nukes aboard. And uh, a 14-year-old Kaiser boy is a hero after saving his family from a house fire. Excellent. Uh, pardon me, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com. Hello, how are you? Today? Hello. Good morning. You're, You're Gotham on Gotham today. Oh, yeah, a little Gotham on Gotham action. <laughs> so you've got is, is, is the Gotham uh, police shirt unbuttoned yeah. over the I Believe in Harvey Dent shirt with the Watchmen tattoo That's right. on your right forearm. I am a walking ad for DC Comics. Excellent. You're amazing. <laughs> have, you, have you thought about retro billing them for this? Uh, well... That's a good idea. Just make yourself a billboard. Just make yourself one big uh, yeah. mobile advertisement for their products. <laughs> is this just to? I think we've had this discussion uh, off the air, but is this just to guarantee that you won't this end up the, as uh, like a an, like uh, as an actuarial table consultant somewhere? Yes, this is the my ass is never sitting in a cubicle again tattoo. That, why do you think I got these? Yeah, <laughs> I know an astonishing number of people actually who've gotten very prominent tattoos. Just to get what uh, what Tony Robbins would call external leverage, yeah. uh, which is mean that there is uh, something that you put in motion outside of yourself. In other words, it's not just willpower. There is some some force that you enact that then keeps you from doing something that you don't want to do. When I quit oh, yeah. my job at Coin uh, Channel Six, I dyed my hair pink immediately, like that afternoon. So I'll like, teach him. Can't go back. And then you set fire to somebody's desk. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, straight ahead, we'll talk about year one with yes, Jack indeed. Black and uh, Michael Sarah. Uh, uh, later on uh, in today's... What the hell did I... I just set something down that I was going to talk about. Oh, um, we. I have a, a question uh, about something that Sarah and I talked about uh, yesterday. I want to follow up on something that you and I discussed. And then we're going to find out exactly where Greg got this autographed O.J. Simpson book that he apparently owns. Um, so we'll uh, get all of that on the way. It is Rock 101 KUFO. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from Portland, Oregon on Friday morning. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101. Straight ahead, Tim Riley will have uh, news on what headlines? Tim Riley. What headlines? Tim Riley. Brittany gets the city wrong where she is singing. Huh. Again? <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to find out who got kicked off. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. And more from Al Roker on Heidi and Spencer. Fantastic. By the way, I don't really have an answer to this, but somebody asked about this, uh, the, the comfort wipe thing, the, the, the commercial we were playing for the uh, the thing that extends your reach by two feet in case you're unwilling to handle intimate business in a sort of hands-on kind of way. How many points of articulation does that thing have? Well, my question, I have A, that question, and B, in the, the, they say like three different times in the commercial, it's the most significant advance in toilet tissue since the 1880s. <laughs> 1880s. What happened in 1880 is my question. Like, what is it? Uh, don't you remember plumbing? in 1884, Rick? But I mean, was there some sort of like the, the invention of the two ply, or is that like when they decided to de splinter the paper? Two ply didn't exist until like the mid 1900s. Why do you know that? Are you making that up? Are you bluffing? Wait, no. hold on. I'm going to guess right now. That you do know that, but I'm guessing that you know that because you read it as a factoid in a book somewhere. Was that like in a Chuck Palahniuk book? Was that one of his? Uh, Probably. Like one conversation, <laughs> uh, you know, that happened about midway through where they were discussing the intricacies of toilet tissue and its development. Well, back during the time of Northern Aggression, you just had to go wipe your butt on a tree. Don't say that. That's a that's a phrase. I, that's bad. That's a phrase no one wants to hear. Uh, so let's talk about year one, which is uh, Michael Cera and Jack Black yeah. and Harold Ramis, which I didn't know. I guess for some I completely was oblivious to the fact that Harold Ramis of uh, Stripes and Groundhog Day Ghostbusters. fame, Ghostbusters fame, um, 
Wait, no, 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 no. Is it, it, it Harold Wait. Harold Ramis or Ivan Reitman? Who directed Year One? Her- it's Harold uh, Ramis. Harold Ramis. Ivan Reitman is Ghostbusters. Right. Harold Ramis co-wrote Ghostbusters. And Harold Ramis did, and he uh, he did do uh, Groundhog Day. That's kind of his most most recent, I would say, classic film. Yeah. But Year One, I don't know. I I just don't get a lot from the trailer that makes me want to see it. But maybe I'm wrong somehow. Uh, no, you're not wrong. It's not it's not a bad movie. It's just kind of bland. It's Jack Black being Jack Black and Michael Sarah kind of just being on being Michael Sarah. Right. Saying every line. Really? Yeah, I mean, for a guy that keeps complaining that he doesn't want to do an Arrested Development movie because he'd get typecast, maybe he should try acting differently in every single movie he, he does. He is the trails off at the end of his sentences guy. That's yeah. kind of his deal. Jack Black says there's an important message to be conveyed in this motion picture. Moral to the story is... Uh... Appreciate the miracle of life, and don't uh, don't count on stuff happening afterwards. Enjoy it now, and you know take responsibility for for what we do right now. Is he talking about this? Or are you sure he's not talking about a global warming film or something? Gone he's... with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Is not a documentary about an endangered panda stuff somewhere. Things. Yeah, I mean the film. I mean it, it's it's got its cute little moments, but generally the, the cute moments don't involve Jack Black or Michael Sarah. It involves kind of the cameos from. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tobias from Arrested Development. Right. You know, uh, he plays uh, David Cross. David Cross. He plays Kane. So you know, let, and he just pummels well, his brother Abel, which is fantastic. Well, the, so this is a good time to step back and talk about the premise of the film because they call it Year One, but everything I've seen in the trailer was like it seems like it was sort of the Roman era. I mean, is it through history? What is it? What is the? What is this film about? No, it's that's what's kind of bizarre too. Is I thought maybe they are these guys that can't be killed or something. They have like that's the kind of the premise that they get to travel through different you know biblical times. Right. No, it all seems to kind of happen at the same time. So there's cavemen living next to the Garden of Eden, and the Romans are also there. So it's just all kind of thrown together. It's a poor man's attempt at Mel Brooks' History of the World. Which is the other thing I was going to say. It does seem like History of the World Part 1, uh, the or, Mel Brooks epic from, I don't know, the, I guess the early 80s. Yeah, or another, you know, or like a poor attempt at Life of Brian. Monty right. Python. So, I mean, <clears throat> if you're looking for that kind of fun comedy, just go out and rent either of those films. And that well has been gone to several times already, as you just noted by people, probably better than, you yes. know, than, than the folks who made this film. Tim, do we have more? Uh... I, have a, I have a clip. Hi, Ema. Hi, Ema. Hi, Ema. Yeah, she doesn't even know I exist. There's like 60 people in the village. I mean, you really have to go out of your way to not know that somebody exists. This is spellbinding. I just want to lay with her so badly. I don't see it. I mean, she's cute, but I don't think I'd lay with her. She's your sister. I mean, it'd be like laying with your mother. You want to impress Emma? Do the fertility dance with her at the feast tonight, then drag her back to your hut. I still live with my parents. I don't want to keep them up all night with my raucous lovemaking. Please silence your cell phone. Yeah. No texting, please. <laughs> see? Yeah. And the whole I, uh, movie's like that. No, I, uh, no, I have no desire to see that. Yeah. No, no. I, I've got that whole, uh, I've got the rest of that first season of True Blood to be watching at home. So. I know, oh. I just finished episode four. See, and you're, yeah, and I got, I'm on, uh, I just finished episode three, so you're actually episode it ahead of me right now. It's dirty when I watch it, but I can't stop watching it. Oh, but it's dirty in a good way. It's dirty in a great way. Boy, I, yeah. I tried to watch it yesterday. Is it on season, they, they have them, you can watch them anytime. You'd uh, remember the first episode. But when I when I started with the first episode, which is which it says is the first episode, they're recapping another episode. Uh, then, it's yeah, the then second one. What happened? Are you watching? Well, are you watching the first episode of season two though? One. Well, if you're watching episode one, season one, they shouldn't. There must video? be label wrong. Was there a video camera involved in the one that you watched? My only, I only watched like the first couple of minutes because 
they were rehashing what happened before, and I know it had to be labeled. Yeah, wrong. then it must have been labeled incorrectly if you're coming in sort of uh, in in uh, in progress. All right, so let me ask you this: if the first like minute was she covered in blood? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's the second episode. Oh yeah, that's, so that's yeah, yeah. so that was somehow it was misfiled oh, or mislabeled or whatever. Well, that's to give up already. That's <laughs> you, just to, you just pulled the ripcord early. So I'm getting off this train. I was watching it uh, last night actually. The thing about the thing about True Blood, I think Seamus uh, noted this. Uh, listener Seamus noted this on my. Uh, I, I put up some Facebook article. You know, I made some observation about it. Nerd. And he he commented and he said, um, "I don't have it here in front of me." He's oh, he said, uh, "Your comments on True Blood are accurate." A decade from now, people will look back and wonder what the hell we were thinking watching this crap. But in the now, it's extremely fun, schlocky, and indulgent, and I don't miss an episode of it. And that's the thing: is it goes. Right up to the border. Oh yeah. Of 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 self. But note how quickly we've moved off of the year one thing. By the way. Oh, it like, doesn't we, matter. No, we, but you're right. The we're truth. Flip it a half from year one, and we just immediately <laughs> let's get back to a show that was on last year that I'm just now watching. But you know what I've kind of realized? Uh, True Blood for us is the uh, the dark shadows of 30 years ago. That people were obsessed over that show, and you look back and you're like, "Why did people like that show so much?" Because it's terrible. The thing about Dark Shadows, which is which Sarah has probably never seen, but Dark you did Shadows, not know the allure of Barnabas. Did you ever watch the show? Did you ever see Dark Shadows? I've never even heard of it. Well, see, because because I know you lived in uh, some other places around around the globe. I but lived that was... in España, so I missed a lot of stuff when I was gone for four years. But see, but the other thing is, how old were you when you lived in Spain? I was forget. I was uh, three to seven. Okay, so you would have been too young to really be watching a lot of TV by yourself anyway. But because I know sometimes in the rest of the world, like the get these hiccups in the in the time space continuum where some you know we're like captain planet as you know launches as a new show or in a croatia Convy game show from the early 70s <laughs> and then, i saw i saw in portland and poland i always get them confused it's part of their new fall lineup <laughs> new fall lineup of unveiling now what's my line uh, so bar, uh, uh, dark shadows was this uh, soap opera from tim when was dark shadows on 70s, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 70s. Yeah, my mom was in high school when they, she saw it. So it was 70s. a black and white serial soap opera. But the deal is, it was about a vampire. It was a, it was a family of vampires, I think. And I mean, it was just it was you know it was basically like Guiding Light or General Hospital or something like that. But it was about vampires, and mm-hmm. the lead vampire was this guy named Barnabas Collins, played by Tim. I don't remember. Aaron, I don't remember. He was just <laughs> Barnabas. See, and I was going to say, thing. and I realize now that I was going to say Jonathan Frakes, and that's wrong. But um, <laughs> good build up, Rick. <laughs> I was hoping, even as I asked the question, I was thinking, please have the answer, because I realize now that I don't. Barnabas Collins was I'm just the, imagining Jonathan Frakes in a cape on the Enterprise, <laughs> sort of a fat, <laughs> it's a fat vampire with a patchy beard. Um. Oh, I'm going to get some of that locale blood next season. But Barnabas Collins was the patriarch of this vampire family and whatever. But it was this very gothic, very brooding, dark, very, like, for the time anyway, sexualized soap opera about these vampires. Mm-hmm. But you look back now and it is really kind of badly done and it's slow and kind oh, of schlocky. Yeah. The sets are like three feet by two feet and they all look like they crammed into telephone booths every every. <laughs> background. You can hear the director, turn on the fog machine, go. I remember watching. And here's the thing about uh, about Dark Shadows. I have two things. One and a half uh, observations, actually. First observation, the Dark Shadows theme song, if I remember correctly, still holds up. It seems like it was pretty pretty badass. I'm going to look for it right now. I'm looking for the True Blood theme song. All right. Uh, and, and the True Blood theme song is this thing that sounds That's like awesome. Chris Isaac, but it's clearly not. It's it's obviously when they that you can't quite uh, when you can't afford Chris Isaac. You get uh, whoever it is that did the dark, uh, that did the uh, True Blood theme. That dark. southern kind of drawl. Shadows. Well, and it has that baby did a bad, bad thing. It's supposed to be the song yeah, Baby yeah. Did a Bad, Bad Thing, which is from Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, 
Dark Shadows theme. Here we go. Um, so the, like the you dark guys have competing vampire themes right now. <laughs> no, here we go. <laughs> the Dark Shadows theme was pretty great, but also here's an example of how cheaply television used to be done. Occasionally, a stagehand could be spotted wobbling <laughs> behind the set. It's awesome. Are you reading this? Uh, yeah, but, but it's memorable because it was just so cheesy looking. They compared it to. The Ed Wood Jr. of soap operas is so. I'm it's glad. Got a huge cult following, though. But I'm glad to know that I'm not alone. So you, uh, so Tim, just you just read the, the thing about how stagehands could be seen. Yeah. Here's why I'm glad that you said that because the other observation I was going to make about the show Dark Shadows is one of the memories I have from watching that show when I was I don't know maybe ten or eleven. It was on. And it was on some like low rent uh, Seattle station that we got in Kennewick somehow, but. It was midday programming because they couldn't afford anything good, and so they would just like, I don't know, get us that, uh, get us that, that, that vampire crap. And I don't remember ever seeing a stagehand, but I do remember an episode of Dark Shadows where a fly <laughs> kept buzzing around Barnabas Collins's face while he was trying to deliver his lines, and the actor kept going like and hitting himself <laughs> and trying to get the fly off of his face. And it was like, even as a, as a nine-year-old, I'm thinking to myself, like, why don't they just stop so he can get rid of the well, fly? These were all done in one take. And it was to yeah. videotape. Yeah. It wasn't even to film. It was done to videotape in one take. And so 70s here's this, videotape, so it's just bad and grainy. And, <laughs> and here's this like, all-powerful, spooky vampire, and it keeps stopping to, like, damn it! And like, just hit this fly that won't get away. <laughs> Let me see if this is the, the actual uh, Dark Shadows theme, because I think they tried to bring it back in the 80s. I don't think this is that. It's called Quentin's theme. theme. Let's see here. All right. Is, there, is my computer up? Yes. All right, this uh, this claims to be playing. Okay. No, that is, that is clearly not the Dark Shadows well, we should theme. listen to this in the meantime. Yeah. Beat the bass. Yes. Yeah. This is what I'm going to be doing, P.S., right after the show. I'm going to go home and watch it. So I'm watching True Blood uh, last night. And what I was thinking about the show is it just goes right up to the line of self-parody, but then occasionally just plunges directly over that line into the realm of the unbelievably corny. And sometimes it's genius, though. Like, just when you think it's, like, as ridiculous as it can be, it kind of comes back and it's a little smart. And I'm like, oh. Now, I'm kind of catching up just like you are with the rest of the world on this because I know season two just started. Yeah. So, uh, what's his name? Um, The the, the main No, no, no. The main sexy vampire that Anna Paquin is. Uh, uh, Bill. Bill. Um... So uh, what is what is his deal? Did he just like go off and live in the wild or something for like fifty years before coming back uh, to meet up with no, civilization he was, again? He was living somewhere else, but then he moved back because uh, the person whose house uh, that belonged to that he's living in now that the last they died in the and in his family died. or something. Yeah, so he was able to move Here, back there. Here's you have why to keep I, watching, man. You get flashbacks. Oh no, no, no! I'm watching, but here's the, but here's the thing. I don't. He does that thing, and this is just all in the writing, because the writing on that show is just astonishingly bad from time to time. And the fangs are ridiculous. The fangs are ridiculous, <laughs> but he, <laughs> like, really? he also does this thing. The character, the vampire Bill in True Blood, he does this thing that vampires in movies always do when they're talking to the love interest, which is where he makes the incredibly obvious observation about something that has just happened to indicate how he's not quite, you know, in sync with the hum- you know, with the, with the human race. And so this thing where, like, she's standing on her front porch sweeping. Oh, and, of yeah. course, he's a vampire, so he can just sort of, like, apparate out of nowhere. Yeah. So she's sweeping the front porch off, and suddenly Bill appears, and, and she turns around, and she's terrified. She screams. And she said, don't do th- Please don't do Bill, that. You're, you're, I told you you're, not to you're, do that. Yeah, you're frightening me. I don't like it when you just appear like that. And he says, I've upset you. <laughs> I mean, which, do you think? 
But which is a thing that he does. It's a thing that uh, David Boreanaz did on um, Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a thing that all vampires do because it's a ham-fisted way for the writer to indicate that they're in this world, but they're not of Seriously, this and world. I love how he always refers Sometimes to other people. I forget when I travel in the mists. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you'll never find a human that'll make you as happy as I will. So oh. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. What no, was I'm great not... was when this show first started, they tried pitching it as like this very serious allegory to, to gay rights in America. And about eight episodes in or so, they kind of realized, no, nah, that's not going to work. And they Let's just, just give go up. for it. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to give this one more try here if we can. Uh... All right. Uh... Every person has a theme of music. This is mine. When I'm alone, depressed, I can play this. Okay, so this isn't... I don't think this is the actual Dark Shadows theme, but this is Quentin's theme, which I don't yeah. think is the theme. That, that's not the opening credit theme, though, is it, Tim? It was. Shall I tell you where you are? So this is some... I'm watching, actually, a scene from Dark Shadows. Look at the lamb chops on him. Shadows of the night. How they dance, the little people of Stonehenge. <laughs> silently. Oh my God. Echo of the past. What is this? I I went to YouTube and I typed in Dark Shadows theme. Am I, okay, Tim, am I hallucinating in my brain? It, it, am I remembering this incorrectly? Or did Dark Shadows start with a shot of the castle? Yes. Yeah. And the waves, and then it says, Whoo! Yeah. And there's a theremin sort of a sound. And the fog would spell dark yeah. shadows. Okay. It was really spooky. So here's the thing, though. I, I'm here looking at this, and it's called Shadows of the Night, Quentin's theme. And it looks like the set of the monsters, by the way. This is the corniest thing I've ever no, seen it, in my it, life. It's extremely cheesy. And it's in color, which I don't remember. But he's got a Victrola, and he's playing some song for his lady interest. But let, I want to hear the rest of this narration, I think I found though. It. And I let, think only the first season was in black and white. Let me just hear the rest of this narration, though. I've got to, uh, I got to finish this out. We got another like. Calling you to me, haunting memory. No one knows in misty glow. who they were or what they were doing. And you must be Hungarian. Phantom melody. All right, I've, I've already, I've already given up. He's just struggling to remember the next line. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no, that was I was speaking of the actor. Hundreds of years before the dawn of history. What's it the, sounds exactly on? like Stonehenge <laughs> by Spinal Tap. Right. <laughs> So what was the deal with those shows, Tim? If they were, did they they did them all in one take? So if the actor blew a line or couldn't remember, they just had to vamp, so to speak. They had to. Yeah, it was full of mistakes. It was an unfortunate pun, but they just had to sort of play play through it and figure out, you know, like we'll fix it later. But there was no fixing it. Later. Oh yeah, there were many times where like Barnabas couldn't get out the door because it would jam. <laughs> so you see him kind of. Before I leave, I perhaps must say, where is your WD forty? That is awesome. Uh, I am a creature of the night. <laughs> uh, what is going on at uh, geekinthecity.com? Uh, geekinthecity.com right now, we've got, speaking of all things gothic and fantastic, uh, I've got an interview with the founder of Midnight Syndicate, who does a bunch of uh, gothic film soundtracks uh, for independent films and games. And then tomorrow is free RPG day. So uh, if you live near a game store, you can just kind of dork out with all kinds of free games. It's going to be fantastic. So there's what, like if you're, if, so if you're a role-playing uh, game enthusiast, you can just uh, drop by and... Uh... Yeah, in role-playing card games. And uh, Richard Garfield, the man who created Magic the Gathering, will be in town uh, promoting a new game on Xbox Live. So 
Fantastic. Hey, speaking of which, did you make it through that Xbox uh, outage that lasted for a whole excruciating 24 hours? Yeah, I was pretty, you know, I just decided, you know what, I'm just not going to mess with it. Yeah. I just ignored it. I walked away. Of all things, I had just spent, I had had several weeks where I wasn't able to really to play Xbox at all. I was just too busy. Yeah. And then finally the day I get home, I'm like, ah, oh, today I can't wait to get home and just wallow in online gaming with all of my, you know, the, the, the dork compatriots. Boned. I can't, I'm looking forward to a long day of relaxing with zombie Oh. oh, come on! And then it was just like the connecting. Oh, we're sorry. You cannot connect to Xbox at this time. Uh, Aaron Duran, geekinthecity.com, ladies and gentlemen. Straight ahead, news with Tim Riley. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Portland, Oregon. It is Friday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Everson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like. It's 520-51. You can email rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Right, just so I can wrap this up. Is my uh, computer pawned up over there? I'm going to... I think I actually have the actual Dark Shadows theme song, just so I can uh, scratch this musical itch that I've had now for like 15 minutes. Sounds like it was composed by Ed Wood. I think they, uh, I think they wrote this in about four seconds. Because there's really nothing happening. There's no music in this music. But that's it. That's the entire opening. And wow, that was. I'm really glad that you <laughs> spent so much time trying to find that. Glad I spent a completely disproportionate amount of my remaining minutes on planet Earth looking for the Dark Shadows theme. And I think they would just showed like some stock footage of a castle somewhere, with like waves splashing around. It was on an island or whatever. It just was splashing around the base, and then it just said Dark Shadows on the screen, and that was it. And then as Tim noted. They would cut to some guys with bad fangs standing on a cardboard set, trying not to move too much because they couldn't, uh, because the camera couldn't move. Because if the camera moved, you would see, like, the boom guy holding a broomstick with a microphone. So you had various shoulder hunchings to (laughs) convey drama and suspense because that was the only thing that could move without moving the characters out of the scene. Look, we need you to smile, Barnabas, but not too broadly or anything. It's the aspect ratio is just not going to tolerate a lot of facial expressions right now. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Okay, so let me try to answer this question. What's going on in Salem? Hey, this text message says, please find out what's going on in Salem. You ask, we deliver, sir. Okay, first of all, 747. This is going to be the uh, the first weekend of summer, and high temperatures may not hit 70. So what is going on in Salem? Well, about three dozen homes are still evacuated, all caused by one guy. We told you about this yesterday. Uh, Salem police evacuated neighbors after more explosives were found at the home of Patrick Kilber. 42 years old, he was hurt in the blast Wednesday night. First, he said he was making fireworks. Now somebody said he was making bombs. Take your pick. At least 30 bomb technicians and a bomb robot removed multiple explosive devices from the house. Each was detonated one by one, and uh, one nearly took his hand off. So they brought him to the hospital. So in order to secure this neighborhood, they told... The residents of three dozen homes to get out, possibly for two days. Isn't that nice? So you have no choice but to go to the La Quinta Inn. We'll yes. let you know when it's safe. Wow. So that's what's happening. 
That's the last thing we heard. Of course, who knows what else they're going to find searching this guy's house. Well, you never, I mean. You almost lost a hand a couple of years. Oh, a thumb, I'm sorry. Several years ago. But it's much more serious this time. Could be a whole hand. Now, did he, uh, he blew off his thumb a couple of years ago. And don't, wouldn't you just assume, though, that you go on a kind of something like a watch list? If you're some guy who's hacking together explosive devices in your basement, you blow off part of a hand. I would think that the cops. You had the Octomom to pay attention to and other things in this country. Yeah, that's Mm. true. It's uh, there's only. But some guy with a bomb, really. So there. So they, he blew off part most of his, of his hand. He blew off part of his hand several just years now. ago. All right, no, but I mean, but but just this week though, he blew oh, almost off. lost his hands. Hands. Both of them. Yeah. Is this be okay. so? This might put an end to the bomb making. <laughs> unless he's. I mean, unless he's really determined, he could be like that guy who plays the guitar with his feet. Uh, you know, who comes to the, give you an inspirational speech at your high school graduation. Um, so, but they've evacuated everything because they don't know if there's other. I mean, they think they've cleared everything out, but you never really know, right? They don't know that they cleared everything out. Well, the, you know, you think about uh, the houses that are all over this country that have th- th- whatever manner of weirdness in the basement. Here's a, I don't th- think I've ever mentioned this, and I suppose it doesn't matter now if I talk about it. Because uh, my, you know, my my grandparents are all uh, God has removed all of my grandparents uh, from Earth. Uh, at long last, they are no longer here to annoy. All of them? I thought you still had one left. No, 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 no. Uh, wait, no. No, no, no. That was my grandmother. No, she was the, you know, as horrible people always do, she outlived almost everybody. Uh, she, she manages to cling on with just her bony, spiky, dragon-like fingernails to every d- d- second of existence that she possibly could. But she's just dead now? Kicking and, sc- oh, yeah. Okay. And the thing is, at the very end, God decided to kill her really slowly and painfully. So, I mean, so it was like a delayed gratification for the rest of us. So, you know, she made us miserable for a long, long period of time. But in the end... It was like all of the misery, you know, sort of, you know, it was finally returned uh, under her like some sort of an awful cancerous boomerang. So that was enjoyable. But so she's gone. And when they were cleaning out my grandmother's basement, because she and my grandfather divorced in, God, I don't know, like the mid 70s, maybe the early 70s. Uh, So they busted up. And then my grandfather died, I don't know, like uh, mid 80s, I think. And she had just, uh, you know, she just never, t- you know what my grandmother was like? She was like mom from Mom's Friendly Robot Company uh, on Futurama, where she was she was just given to just saying horrible things out of the, you know, stick a bastard in it, you crap. I mean, just for no reason. Like, she would just, she would just come out with awful things. Um, and as a result of that, like, nobody wanted to spend any time with her. Because you would go over to my grandmother's house. And it was like, I remember the one time I, remember the time my mom decided that we were never going there again uh, as a family. So it's, because it's my dad's mother. So it's me, my brother, and uh, my mom. And we all go over to visit my grandmother because she, at that point, was not able to take care of herself all that well. She needed the uh, the comfort wand wipe thing or whatever that is. So my mom went over to try to take care of her. And as my mom is attempting to uh, help her get into the bath, to have a bath, my grandmother says, you know, I've never liked you, and I told him that from the very beginning, but he disobeyed me. Oh, my God. No, that's my grandmother. So I'm just saying well, it's... Well, was uh, your grandmother. Really? That's... But... So nobody really went over to the house. But one of the things that my grandfather uh, was a big fan of was... Uh, he was a big fan of ammunition and weaponry of all varieties. And at one point, it was discovered that he had, you know, a couple hand grenades that were just sitting in a box in the basement. And I think over time, become more and more unstable. And you never know, like, what city blocks... Uh, are just filled with all kinds of explosives that are just you know, sitting down there in some unlabeled crate waiting to go off. Here's Tim Riley. Larry King has spoken with Chastity Bono and says he, he can't figure out how she feels to be born with the wrong body. I wish I spoke to her the other day. 
told her how much I cared for her, like her a lot, I wouldn't know what it would be like to be born with the wrong body. Well, I would imagine that uh, I would imagine that no matter what body Larry King uh, was born with, it would be just as awkward for uh, for Katie Kirk. Britney Spears singing in Manchester, England, got a little bit confused greeting the crowd last night. Uh, well, it's good to see that it's not just an American phenomenon, though. No matter where she is on the planet, some things don't change. Uh, Al Roker is uh, still lashing out against Heidi and Spencer. Not that I didn't like them. I, I didn't like their behavior from what I had seen. How do those people become celebrities? She said in the interview, she wants to be Mother Teresa. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Last I checked, Mother Teresa was known for helping the poor, healing the sick, uh, not, not posing for Playboy. Oh, snap. And I, now, have we, do we know that she actually... She did. She already has taken the photo shoot. But I mean, because she wouldn't confirm it. When she was on The View, they kept pressing her about it, and she wouldn't say, she wouldn't confirm well, that she had a, done it. It's like her multiple personality, where, you know, like, this is, that's good, Heidi. And then the other one is just, like, wants to be naughty and... Oh, I see. Yeah. So so she when she's depicting herself as the victim of, of Al Roker, uh, she doesn't want to talk about how she was just flashing her cakes mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Richard Simmons would like to meet the president. You know, I want to meet the president very badly. If I could only be a little fly for just a few moments and go to the Oval Office and then appear as Richard Simmons and tell him about my plan for the Fit Kids Act. Well, he's talking about doing a lot of things you, you've you been talking about. I, I want our kids healthier. I mean, and, and look, and if, if he got me into the White House, I'd be the only one there with an afro. Seriously. <laughs> Woman! Here's Tim Riley. Stop eating raw cookie dough. Nestle says it's baking unit. As we called it. It's baking unit. It's baking unit. As we called it, Toll House refrigerated cookie dough products after a number of illnesses. Now, it's not their fault. They have a warning on the side that says, do not eat raw cookie dough. But people are too stupid. So now they have to figure out what to do with stupid people. Who can't read warnings? I think the answer is clear, Tim. I think you just let them eat whatever they want, and then it all works itself out. As as somebody once said, your kid eats too many marbles, he doesn't get to grow up to have dumb kids of his own. So, th- we've had this discussion before about the raw cookie dough thing. How uh, I have always believed that that wasn't really dangerous, though, because they, they always say like if you I have, I was never allowed to eat it. But see, but but you know, and Laura wasn't either. Her mom was on the whole. You can't have raw cookie dough because there's raw eggs, and it'll mm-hmm. kill you, which. I mean, I don't know if that's it. Doesn't I don't know what the deal is with like the with like the Nestle's cookie dough. If this is like the eggs and if there's salmonella or something in there, but it seems like it can't be that dangerous, or else everybody would just be, like forty percent of the country would have died before the age of twelve. Well, like, we'll get there eventually. We really put our nose to the grindstone and and really do the work. It is the uh, Rick Emerson show. Straight ahead, have you talked to your uh, your friend Kelsey about uh, your plans for no, this she evening? She doesn't know yet. We had talked about it uh, a while back, but then we haven't discussed it. What this plans is your, are these? Sarah, uh, perhaps I don't know. Fingers crossed. Sarah might be uh, it might be attending the opening of uh, Ron Jeremy's new sex club. Tim. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> might be what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, it does. All right, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. We'll talk about that when we get back. We've also got another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard and more news from Tim Riley. This is ACDC from the Razor's Edge. This is Money Talks. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Friday morning. Burgerville, where better taste comes from better food. KUFO Portland.
It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, on Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, incidentally, because I know you were wondering about this, because that Comfort White commercial mentions like nine different times that it's the most significant advance in toilet tissue since we the 1880s. To, I want to hear that again. We need to hear parts of it again. I have. Why well, hear? Why well, hear just parts of it, Sarah? I've got the entire thing racked up. We can get to it in just a second. I'm looking here, and it really seems as though it, the last significant advance. I mean, leaving aside the uh, the quilted nature of recent toilet tissue, was in 1857 uh, when they first commercially made available rolls of toilet paper. Uh, a guy named uh, Joseph Gaiety is widely credited with being the inventor of modern uh, uh, commercially available toilet tissue. So there you go. And it, was avail- it started in 1857, available until the 1920s. So then we skip ahead uh, to 2009. When, and you can see this entire commercial, by the way, at uh, Rick Emerson. Dot com. You go to rickemerson.com. You can watch the video that goes along with this, which I assure you is astoundingly entertaining. It is quite amazing. For over 100 years, we've been scrunching and folding toilet paper. Finally, there's a better way. Comfort Wipe, the sanitary paper extension arm and holder. The first improvement to toilet paper as we know it since the 1880s. It extends your reach a full 18 inches while it follows the contours of your body and comfortably cleans. It's as easy to use as a shower brush. Just pop on the toilet tissue and when through, just press the... Really? I just have to interrupt. You really make a great point here when you talk about that. I don't really want to think about a shower brush. Near that portion of my anatomy. As that. That just sounds also not. It seems unpleasant, right? It it sounds just like scratchy and bad. It sounds like it sounds like you're going to have some sort of. uh, It's going to be like a grater. (laughs) And when it says it follows the contours of your body, what does that even mean? Well, here's what I mean. I guess they mean that it sort of curves around again, like an angled toothbrush. But if you need something to extend your reach by two feet, so you can reach a delicate area of your body. You don't have any contours. You're a bowling ball. That's it. You're a sphere. There are no contours. Just just one big like, curve. Especially the shape of it. Like, I don't know, you know, whatever's going on down there, it's like rubbing a ball on the ground. Like, it doesn't seem like it would get in all the nooks. It's like things. rubbing a ball on the ground? Like, what What is the ground? If it's, if it's rounded off and, like, and you're doing this, I mean, it's only getting, you know, touching a little part. Wait a minute. If what area. is rounded? Are you gesturing with a can of nuts? <laughs> yes, I have my. What can is of the nuts. can of nuts representing in this story? The can of nuts is representing the the brush. Uh, the brush. Okay. And this is the area. The so, I mean, the it, plexiglass backboard on your on your uh, the, the control board there is the area. Yes, and so if you are using you know if you attach a piece of toilet paper to this rounded off area and then apply it to that, it doesn't seem like it would get the entire job done. Oh, you're saying okay. So I guess what like you're saying is it needs to be shaped more like a capital J. Because it doesn't have any give. It's like this big round thing at it the end of it. It doesn't yield. You're saying like, it needs to, does it need to be springier? Is that your point? I'm just saying it. Because it, otherwise you're just... In order for it to work, it probably needs to be a little more pliable instead of just like, you know... Ramming yourself with a stick? <laughs> How do you... How do you clean yourself? Well, I I take a long, pointy object and I jam it repeatedly into the into the most delicate area of my body. Then I rinse and repeat. Issue and when through, just press the release button and the tissue drops right into the toilet. Think about it. Toilet paper is really archaic and disgusting. The Comfort Wipe is a modern solution. That's right. Never touch another dirty toilet tissue. Being a big guy certainly has its advantages and its disadvantages. This is a great product. It's that means nothing. Does the big guy have to buy this for himself, or does he ask his his long-suffering wife to purchase it for him, perhaps as a Father's Day gift? By the way, where's that? Where did that can of nuts even come from that you're gesturing with? Oh, over I brought there? it from my house. All right. 
I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah, that's not the same. Mixed nuts. That's not the same can of mixed nuts that you were that you were eating out of like six months ago, is it? Tim, do nuts it go bad yeah, if you just leave them open? I don't think so. No. All right. Yeah, they are kind of old nuts. Yeah, that's. I, I think. I don't think they. I don't think they go bad, but it seems like you they want would to try have. A, one? No, I really don't. It seems like they'd have a bit of an off taste at this point, though. Yep. All right. Anyway, you can see the entire uh, Comfort Wipe uh, commercial at RickEmerson.com. It really is worth. It's safe for work, and it, it is worth uh, the ninety seconds of your life it's going to take. I mean, it's just. Uh, it's a thing of glory. Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on your Friday morning. Well, Oregon's proposed beer tax is a big bust. Three balloonists escape injury following an emergency landing during what's supposed to be a fun day with balloons. A prisoner's death is investigated in Clark County Jail, and a famous CBS newsman is near death. Oh, this is the, the, he's so near death. Uh, this person, anyway, I don't even know who it is. I don't know if it's, it's a man. They are preparing the obituary. Yes. All right, I'm going to write down it. my guess here, and in a few, I'll uh, I'll reveal my guess. You can tell me if I'm right. You have to promise I have to look at my screen. No, no, no. I'll uh, I'll stay over here. Okay. All right. Well, I'm writing down my guess. So what is the? So somebody asked. Uh, somebody sent me an email asking if you will in fact be attending. This is Ron Jeremy's uh, sex club, right? Yes. Is that the and it's in, is the grand opening tonight? The grand opening is tonight. Um, one of the are sales. There free folk, balloons for the kids. There might be some free balloons. Balloons of a different nature. Yeah, um, nah. and they're balloons. Uh, they're balloons that are uh, for no kids, Tim. I understand. All right, uh, <laughs> no kid balloons. So That's amazing. Yeah, so I guess it's tonight. Um, one of our lovely salespeople, uh, Alicia, actually is setting it up to where um, me and a guest can perhaps go to the swingers club. Wait, this isn't. Uh, is this a? This, but this is. Is this your friend Kelsey? Theoretically, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm gonna bring Kelsey because Kelsey's the most perverted person I know. I, oh, gonna... sorry, I think her mom listens. She is not perverted. She really is, though. Look, have you she's seen any of going gal? You gave birth to her. You know she's. Have perverted. you seen any of her Facebook postings? I mean, uh, the, really. I mean, the, don't get me wrong. I mean, she's a, she's a great gal and all, but there's something really broken. Oh, she's uh, one of my favorite her. people in the world. I mean, she's yeah, she's damaged I mean, in the else, hottest way. Come on, who else would I bring? Like, I, I just well, I was gonna ask if it was a sexy friend, and it is, but not in that way. Perhaps no. it's a platonic sexy friend, meaning uh, that I, Kelsey's very attractive and very uh, you know she's, she's a charming young girl with a lot of spunk, and uh, she's uh, she's pleasant to uh, she's pleasant to be around and aesthetically pleasing. That being said, uh, she's uh, she has a man, uh, I she believe, does. and uh, and uh, and and so forth. Anyway, I just walked into this yeah, whole sick. There's no way to not make it awkward. It's you and like one of your hot friends going oh, to yes. a sex club. There's no way. I, so she's perfect for a swingers club. Yeah, that's I'm, what I'm saying. There's no way to like to out of all my friends. Uh, that, that is like out of all my friends. Even if I was dating someone at this point, like I would just. I, I would have to bring Kelsey. I have to. Well, because you and I, well, you and I had this uh, conversation because this is the, w- a year and a half ago, something like that. We um, just not during business hours, just during the day, we toured the other swingers club, which is mm-hmm. the one in Southeast. And uh, it, you, me, uh, Richie Bristol, who was our production assistant at the time, a couple of, and a couple of your friends, yeah, my buddy Pasha and went and along. Lisa. And it wasn't during I said it wasn't during hours of operation. Not that I mean, not that I care. It doesn't matter to me. But I, but we wanted to kind of just get a tour of the place. And so they walked us through. It was a couple, uh, you know, two two uh, uh, men and a woman who managed the place, and they walked us through. and We saw the whole thing. And I think they gave us like weekend passes or something. Oh and no, Rich- they gave us uh, memberships. I still have mine in my purse. And Richie was the only one to to use his. And Sarah, and I, Sarah and I didn't. Sarah had the greatest uh, line though, as as the guy was sort of walking us out from touring the the, the other uh, the other club, La Mor. Um, I guess was, uh, we had just gotten done, and he was sort of getting ready to leave, and he handed us these lifetime passes. He's like, so you should come back, and and uh, you made some observation because I think you and I are on the same page here that we're uh, somewhat uh, conservative in some ways, 
but also kind of fascinated by just uh, mm-hmm. different. Very open minded. And just I, I'm just fascinated by there's just stuff that's just that you just want to see just because you can't really fathom fathom it. So you know like what I mean? I went to visit my dominatrix friend. It's exactly. I mean, it, and it is sort of just like that. It's like you mm-hmm. just want to see it to kind of take in the you know the scene the, the, because I can't really. Like, I can't really conjure up in my head kind of what the experience would be like. And so Sarah and I were talking to this guy after the tour and, and we said, well, you know, we might come back just to sort of, uh, you know, just to sort of observe. And then there was this pause in the conversation. And then you looked at the guy and you said in just like the strongest possible tone of voice, you said, that'll be just to observe. I won't be fornicating, which is exactly the phrase you used. I filed that away under the and awesome things. And I don't want you to that, touch me. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, and please don't, don't look at my bosoms. And then the, the crowd returns to their rooms and shuts the door. <laughs> So, but you never did, right? You never went. No, I never went back. See, and I and I didn't either. Because here's the, it. Kind of made me nervous. Well, see, it didn't make me nervous, but it's like it just sounded kind of gross. See, and that that's that, that wasn't my thing because my deal was just that I I don't know. It, I mean, there's I was just no, afraid I was going to see somebody that I knew. That's that's <laughs> see, that's my thing. And again, it, don't get me wrong. Well, you I, I, worn, I borrowed one of my Viva Vendetta masks and wore that. Oh yeah, they would totally let me in. I am creepy. <laughs> yeah, seriously, in a plastic mask. Can I join you? I'm trying to. V for vagina. I have the hat and the wig also. <laughs> and you know there probably is a porn film called that, right? V for vagina? Yes. So it's a, if you feel what I feel, <laughs> will you please meet me in the jungle room? <laughs> the safe word is papaya. <laughs> Anywho, um, so there's two things. One, I'm not a prude. I'm not a Puritan. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, and I mean mean that with absolute sincerity. Whatever you want to do, whatever's your deal, I don't care. I I wonder if people are going to be humping there But see, it's a sex... No, it's just going to be for the the buffet. It's the grand opening. It's the grand opening. Yes, it is, Sarah. I'm thinking, like, maybe they'll be wandering around. You know, it's supposed to be, like, upscale. I can't wait to see what a Ron Jeremy upscale... Um, swingers club looks like it sounds like it's going to be epic well i mean how could it not i mean it's opening night and clearly they want to let let people know like look this is the deal only the beautiful people will be able well to see it. that's the thing it's like Ron you wonder town. if it's uh, uh yes he'll be getting it uh, we were uh, we were supposed to have him um in the studio today uh this morning and that didn't happen he's not getting in town till uh right about the last time we had him in the studio yes i do uh i saw that i actually just saw that photograph the other day there was uh, we had ron jeremy on the show some time ago and I saw the photograph of all of us. Didn't he kiss you on the mouth? Yes. Yes. Which, I remember that. Which again, so wrong. I mean, which again, there's nothing it's, wrong with that. It's just you didn't expect I it. I didn't expect it. He was, I was standing there talking to him. And he's like, hey, sir. He's like, sir, why don't you, he's like, I need to tell you something, but I want to whisper it in your ear. I'm like, okay. So I lean my, I lean my ear. I'm like, yeah, and he just went. I need to whisper something in your and mouth. And then I feel like I really hurt his feelings because there were these antibacterial wipes against me. <laughs> and I started Well, I remember you were out. kissing every... Oh, no, I know. So I started freaking out, and I grabbed this antibacterial wipe, and I'm, like, smearing it all over my face right in front of him. And he looked really hurt. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're, I'd you're give wrong. anything to have that on film, just like, that whole Ron thing. Ron Jeremy. You understand, right? No, I'd let Ron Jeremy kiss me. Why not? Sure. I mean, he's Ron Jeremy, you know? It is. That's, I don't know. He's a living legend. A lot of other people. It's well, not like Christy Canyon was going to kiss me when we had her on. Um, so he, he is actually just now landing uh, but he's like at the, the airport. he's, the coolest guy ever. I th- yeah, I think he might be, I don't want to say this and be wrong about it, I think he might be on with Court and Bobby later today, Court and Fatboy this afternoon, 3 to 7. I could be wrong about that, so I don't want to say that and have it not be the case, but I think he's because he's getting in too late to be to, to be on with us. But um, It's a bummer. Uh, but uh, 
anyway, so I mean, maybe I mean, you know, who knows? It might just be uh, it might just be glossy perfect people uh, humping it out tonight. Who's well, to say? I am kind of well, morbidly curious. So that's my excited. thing. Is that like again? I'm the, you know I'm not narrow minded. I'm not prudish. Whatever. We but I don't know what to wear. But I have two the, the two reasons I never went. I guess it won't matter once you get inside. Oh no, it will matter tomorrow. I will not be partaking. Oh, in the that's, she's not fornicating. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that. that <laughs> the two because you can keep your clothes on. The two reasons I never I never went uh, before with a. And again, I don't even know why I care, because we're here talking about it. But weren't you afraid there's going to be like a, hey, aren't you Sarah Dillon? I guess it's different for you, though, because you feel like then, uh, I, I don't know. Because like, I'll just call it what it is, because you, you get hit on a lot and I don't. So, I mean, that's just, I mean, so it's going to be a different vibe for you if you're at a sex club than probably for me. Because well, clearly, that, you know, since it's a grand opening that people will all, I mean. Be in the sounds, spirit of the occasion. Yeah, it sounds like people are all going to be respectful and just kind of wandering around. I think Which it's, I, think I think they are anyway. it's more of a curiosity anyway. night than it is a lifestyle night, you That's, know? Yeah, and I, I think people, and I think it's understood at all of these places, and especially I, from what I understand this, I think it's understood that you've got to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Because look, I mean, because look, the first, uh, and I'll tell you this, not even having gone, I know this. The the first time, like anybody, man, woman, whoever says no, and you press the issue, like they're gonna thump thump you and, and kick you out, and that's and you will not be returning. So I didn't go because I didn't want there to be like a, hey, you Rick Emerson, and I'd say, yeah. Hey, do you remember that one show you did where you talked about uh, Moriarty on Star Trek: The Next Generation? Uh, I need to correct you on a small point. And meanwhile, I'm you know trying to look at the uh, you know. Uh, I always get all the thing. guys that have man crushes on you, and they're like, what's Rick really like? <laughs> Also, I'm like, really? Is he here tonight? <laughs> yeah, that's is not Rick him in the mask, is it? Where's Rick? Yeah. So you know, in the meanwhile, you're trying to uh, trying to uh, you know enjoy the uh, trying to enjoy the buffet and uh, so forth. So that's the, the reason number one, uh, because not that I, I guess I'm not even embarrassed that I you know to, to be seen there because again we're talking about it here. It's just I don't know. Maybe you feel like you uh, maybe you don't want to be uh, don't want to feel like you have to. Uh, what am I trying to say? What does what? it help me out here? I don't know what you're trying to say. I guess I guess my point is, do you, I mean, because you, you, you and I have talked about this before, that you are a social person. Yes. And I'm really not. And when I'm not on the air, I get very, uh, I just, I don't, you know, I'm kind of awkward and just, and just. Uh, I, I know how you feel. You know, whatever. Yeah. I just, I feel like I don't really have any personality when I'm not here. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the tree that falls in the forest and there's no microphone, so I'm not entertaining. And I'm afraid that somebody would be like, hey, you're Rick Emerson. And then I would be. be in, funny. Be, yeah, say something amusing, and then I wouldn't be able to do it, and then it would be like triply embarrassing. And plus, you and I described the fact that we would, even if we planned not to, we would end up uh, going there on the same night oh, by yeah, accident. That's what we were worried about too. We yeah. were afraid that we would end up there on the same evening, and then that would be unbelievably awkward. That would be really awkward. I mean, because I mean, that yeah, we have a brotherly sisterly love, and like watching people hump t- together would just yeah. not be. No. It would be no. No, it's, that's. Yeah, Sarah and I have a warm sibling-like relationship, and it would just be so. That's a line. Th- even if we were both fully clothed and whatever, which we would be, uh, it's like you just don't want to be in the same. Yeah. That would just be awkward. Uh, by the way, we have confirmed Ron Jeremy will be on with Court in February at three o'clock this afternoon. So awesome. you can listen to him today at three o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Five zero three two two eight four one zero one. This is Bad Religion. Emerson Show continues next. Ladies and gentlemen, you and your groin, you you keep listening. On Rock 101, KUFO. Good God Almighty. It is a Rick Emerson. All control, yes. Well, I'm just... 
I'm looking at the website, and you know, I, and I think you really did hit on this when you were talking about us, the, this sex club that uh, you and your uh, hot friend Kelsey might be attending tonight. The, no, you, no, I got, I got confirmation. We're going. So you really did, you really did nail it. I think when uh, I was talking about it, sort of the reason that we never went in the past, just as, as observers. Um, a, like watching porn with your friends. That's the thing. It's like a, like you and I in the same room uh, while that's going on would just be so, like how would we even look at each other ever again? That'd be like me in the same room with my sister. Like, yeah, watching that. That's like that's not something that I would ever. Can I do? Yeah, I. Uh, I don't. We probably don't. Have, I, I probably shouldn't get into this. I have the worst story, by the way, about about something. Uh, somewhat similar to that with my actual sister that I don't think we oh, have time no. to talk about. Now, I'm just saying... Ugh. Well, that, that's something I, to look forward to well, next week. <laughs> that's our tease from Monday. But So I'm just saying, that, yeah, the idea that Sarah and I would be in the same room as some people who are engaging in an intimate act of love, I think one or one of us would have to poke our eyes out, and then the other <laughs> yes. would just have to quit. So, But the other thing is, as you noted, whenever I'm not here during doing the show, I, you know, I'm kind of like, what's his name, that Michigan J. Frog... You know, from the Warner Brothers cartoons, you know, where when nobody's looking, the frog is like singing and dancing and saying like, hello, my baby. And then when he takes the frog into the talent agency, he just kind of goes and that's it. It doesn't. And that's how I am. Anytime I'm not here, you are. And everyone's like, what's wrong with Rick? I'm like, this is how he is. Is Rick mad at me? Yeah. No, he's Uh, no, he's just sometimes it's like guide you by the arm and be like, he's weird. (laughs) You have to understand that he's weird. He's just socially retarded whenever he's not in the studio. I respect that. See, see, and you understand it. I think I'm even worse than you. And I, I think it is probably many people who work in entertainment, uh, to, to some degree, they are, you know, they can function in a very narrowly defined space. And for me, I that is here. I use a limited number of phrases which work every day, and that's all I need. <laughs> I have nothing more to say, and I'm sure you do the same thing. And so, right, but, but isn't then the case, as opposed to Sarah, who really is, you, because you are sort of the full package in that you can do it here, and then when you're out in public, you can also be social and funny and charming. Whereas if some guy comes up to me in the safe way and he goes, hey, uh, best show ever, uh, you know, hey, let's, uh, what about zombies? And I'll say, um, yeah. I don't think people zombies think Zombies are really great. I know, and then people think you're snobby because you're shy. And really, I just. And yeah, you're not. I am kind of shy when I'm not here. I am a sort of an extroverted uh, introvert, as somebody once said. I have had to talk to somebody who's like, why is Rick pissed at me? I'm like, he's not. He's just. It, just you know, a, out of his comfort bubble. Socially enfeebled. But so add to that then the idea that we would be at some sex club where you're just knee deep in the humping, uh, you know, what, you know, surrounded by it anyway. And there's like, so then somebody would come up and they'd go, hey, Rick, uh, you know, you know, I'm a listener. Or I like the show or let's <laughs> let's talk about it, whatever. And then I would just respond in my sort of like stilty, like, I don't really know how to interact with people kind of way. But I think because I'm at the sex club, I think it would then come off. It wouldn't be like, hey, why is Rick pissed at me? It would be like, hey, that Rick guy is creepy. I saw him at the sex club, and he didn't really know how to talk. He just uh, shuffled a lot and kept looking down at his feet. <laughs> and then I would just look like some raincoat guy, and Ew, nobody wants totally that. totally would. So, no, right. you just won't be meeting any gals when you go there. That's all there is to it. <laughs> why should that be any different than any other day, Tim? Am I right? Come on now. Well, you're happily married. Come on now. Okay. Tim Riley's working in the following headlines on this Friday. We keep saying that. Uh, that guy in Salem enjoys himself. Did I only have an unlimited number of phrases <laughs> I myself. If I, I should Let's answer the same headlines every time. time. Well, here's the thing. I, the reason is, actually, I think we're, I should say this. So Ron Jeremy is going to be, uh, he is the co- uh, the owner of, of uh, and the co-manager, owner, whatever. And there's him and this, this guy, Paul, that run uh, Ron Jeremy's Club Sessa, which is having the opening tonight. He's going to be in the studio with Court and Fatboy this afternoon. And I think we are working on doing a, a kind of a brief fauna with him 
before the end of today's show. And so I was I apologized to him. I was just killing a little bit of time there by going back to the headlines, even though I think we probably uh, should we've, just uh, we've take this break. Beat the yeah. headlines to death. Yeah, I know. Please. No more headlines. <laughs> this show really is a. Uh, this show really is a. Uh, this show really is uh, quite something, uh, is it not? Um, all right. It is the Rick Emerson radio program, ladies and gentlemen. This oh, is like so appropriate song. because we were just talking about how the song sounds like "Do You Think I'm Sexy" by Rod Stewart, which is about picking up on a lady at a social uh, event. Hey, my name is Tony. Would you like to dance? It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland. Now broadcasting everywhere. At all times. To everyone. In accordance with prophecy. The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. A brave man beats a man named Fan with a fan as he wrestles the gun out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fan was beaten with a fan. What is going on in this news story. Well, our shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs with the oscillating fan. Fam like ham? Right. Okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Thong fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and the fan. Mr. Dong fan. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A prisoner's death in the Clark County Jail is being investigated. 43-year-old Bong Tran's lifeless body oh, was discovered shortly after 5 o'clock. How just you know a, that? For just a moment... I th- I swear to God I thought you were gonna I thought we were going to the the, the Dong Fam story. No, this the is Bong Tran. I'm gonna stand over here. The body of 43-year-old Bong Tran was discovered shortly after five o'clock yesterday afternoon. He was alone, and there were no signs of violence. Mr. Tran was fine at lunchtime. Once again, the body of Bong Tran has been found in the Clark County Jail. I swear to God, that's a coincidence. I swear to you, I was planning on playing that already, and somebody had actually texted a request. You're inside my brain. Well, you know, but there's like four times this week that I've gone to say something, and you've beaten me to it by about four seconds. So turnabout is fair play, uh, play Mr. Riley. So uh, that's a tale of Von and so he's, he's a prisoner? Yes, or he was. He was an inmate was. at the Clark County Jail. Mm-hmm. So he's Bong no friend. I felt bad that I snickered there at the beginning. But he was. What was he in for? Do we know? We don't know. I bet presumably something bad. So uh, I felt bad that I laughed, and it was only because we came out of the oscillating fan story with the Von Trang story. I think that was Von Tran. No, that was Von, somebody. This was Dong. F- that was Dong Fam. This is Von Tran. <laughs> That's the man's name. I'm sorry. That's a little. Uh, Okay, here's Tim Riley. Oregon's proposed beer tax is a bust. 
They won't see the light of day in the current legislative session. Some lawmakers wanted a 19% beer and wine tax increase. 19? Yes. Oh, yeah. So it would cost $25 more for a keg of beer. You know, but here's the thing. Ridiculous. They know if they do that, they're all going to get uh, booted out of office. That's one thing the electorate will not stand for, is making booze difficult to get. That's uh, They won't tolerate that. A veteran CBS newsman is so gravely ill that the network is now, as we speak, updating his obituary. All right, I've thought about this. This is Walter Cronkite in our newsroom, and there has been an attempt, as perhaps you know now, on the life of President Kennedy. He was wounded in an automobile driving from Dallas Airport into downtown Dallas, along with Governor Connolly of Texas. They've been. So that is the person I had settled on. I was thinking, was... I was, I was going back and forth between Walter Cronkite and Mike Wallace. And I finally settled on Walter Cronkite just because he's like a billion. He's 92. Wow. So he spent most of his life being retired, Yeah, basically. He was uh, the anchor of CBS uh, Evening News from 1962 to 81. And he, of course, uh, if you do not remember this, he is the reason uh, that at the end, I, I actually conflate two different CBS anchors when I do the sign-up for the show. When I'll say, uh, it is, uh, uh, you know, it's, June, it's Friday, June 19th, 2009. Which is half of Cronkite's thing we're used to say. Oh, that's the way it is. And then I say, and that's the frequency kind of, which is a Dan Rather reference. But he's one of those guys, don't you think, where he retired like 40 years ago because he figured he probably only had a couple years left. And then he's just, and I'm still here. <laughs> and just the, the years tick by and he's sitting in an overstepped armchair looking at his watch, wondering when the hand of death comes for him. And, well, I timed this poorly. I met him uh, once. That is one of the real joys of my life. Is I met Walter Cronkite. That's cool. And I, it, it was so cool. And it's not. I mean, not like we, not like we hung out and had a nosh or anything. But I, uh, I was at the Museum of TV and Radio in uh, Manhattan, and he happened to be there for something totally unrelated. And I saw a crowd of people gathered around some, and I couldn't see who it was. He's because he's a small man, and uh, I, I, I couldn't quite see who they were talking to. And and I was like, oh, what's that? And I walked down, and at one point, a woman. I guess I'd gotten an autograph or handshake, but if she walked away, and so I could see into the sort of circle, mm-hmm. and it was Walter Cronkite. And I'm like, that is so awesome. And, and, I, and I, I completely dropped any pretense of being cool. I just stood there like a fanboy, and I was just like, oh, I'm a huge fan. And I grew up watching you, the trusted man on television. You're awesome. And he just said, well, thank you very much. I, I sincerely appreciate that. It means a lot. And he shook my hand. I can remember to this day exactly what it felt like. It very soft hands, um, but soft, but firm, uh, firm handshake, soft hands, firm handshake. And just at that point was really, really old, but still just, you could tell was just with it. He was just very sharp. I mean, he, he mm. never he never lost that edge. I love Walter Cronkite. Uh, speaking of older news people, there's uh, a documentary on HBO with Helen Thomas that's interesting to watch. The Helen Thomas is... Helen Thomas is so uh, odd, though, because she almost doesn't seem like she's a real person because she has that strange sort of she has that voice that's very sort of um, she kind of said, you know, what it is it, Helen Thomas, who's that older uh, the kind of hunched over woman you sometimes see in the front row at Not White anymore. House. Press did they move her back or did the W moved you to the back row? W stuck her in the back row and wouldn't call on her anymore, which was like an unheard of breach of protocol. Um, so the uh, Helen Thomas, though, was she was sort of the news equivalent of what's her name? Zelda Rubenstein from Poltergeist. Where she would be, Mr. President, you are very psychic, as was your grandmother. Uh, she's a pretty fascinating person, though. And didn't she quit some news organization when well, the, she quit the Moonies UPI bought it? After the, the Moonies bought it. Yeah. 
And I can't remember who she's working for, but she's back. She wasn't gone very long. You don't really hear a lot about the Moonies these days. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about Scientology, apparently. The Moonies of Scientologists are the new Moonies. The Moonies are sort of like, um, they're kind of like Journey, where, you know, they're out there touring all the time, and I guess they have money, but you don't really ever think about them, and they're not really on the uh, cultural radar to speak of. Elsewhere around uh, Washington, the U.S. Senate has issued a formal apology for slavery. We pledge to move beyond this shameful period, and we officially acknowledge and apologize for the institution of slavery in this. Wait, Don't let it happen wait, again. What? Wait, who is that apologizing? That's a Republican Senator Sam Brownback. I mean, he ran for president for a short period of time. I mean, don't you know? Don't get don't get me wrong. It certainly deserves an apology or several. Yeah. But I, it, they're is, just getting around to it now. Apparently, I, that's what I was going to ask. Is this in aid of something? Was this, was this for something in particular? Like, was there a, an, an occasion that warranted this today? Uh, this is something in history regarding that. Was this like on his to-do list just for a long time, and he's been I sort of so. planning it forward, as they say in the Franklin Covey seminar? Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, let's talk about uh, some of these passengers aboard that uh, airliner yesterday, the one with the pilot died. When we landed, there were emergency vehicles al- along the, the runway, and they came in behind us, and the police and ambulance were waiting when we came in. So to take the body off first? and then... they, didn't, uh, they didn't take the body off first. Really? No, so um... people were deplaned, and then they... Well... I assume that's what happened. But they, um, they didn't take it out while I was on... Meanwhile, Holly Montag and Janice Dickinson are kicked off. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Holly. You are going home. Oh. Are you happy, Janice? Two of you are safe. One of you will be going home. The second celebrity to leave the jungle tonight is... I'm ready. Is... Not to go, but whatever you say... Janice. She's Give her a toilet brush and send her home. <laughs> did you did you see that thing where she was complaining? I haven't had a movement in seven days. She is so gross. She's unpleasant. She it, won't it, go away. What is the deal with her appearance? Has she had some bad work done oh, or something? Are you kidding She's me? had tens of bad I work mean, done. <laughs> over over I don't really know. She just doesn't give up. She hopes to correct it. <laughs> no, she's just... had tons of work. She has horrible skin. She's full of hate. I think feces. the only thing original is like her nostrils are the holes connected to her nose, but... <laughs> Nothing else there is original. Your breathing holes seem to be uh, in good condition. We're going to leave those for now. The rest of you has got to go, Janice. Uh, if you want to hold on, we'll swap out some new skin for you. I just don't understand why people keep paying attention to her. I uh, She should be gone by now. I know this makes me seem like I'm out of touch, but who is she? She claims to be the world's first supermodel. And she was on America's Next Top Model as a judge for a while. How old is she? 50-something? Yes. Okay, no, fail. She shaved a few years. Fail, fail. The world's first supermodel. Well, I mean, in the modern era. Tim, are you thinking of the... Who do you... Tim, who would you say is the first supermodel? Oh, jeez. Because I got my answer. And, and, and like, actresses don't count. So, like, you couldn't say, like, Ursula Andress or I mean, you go Raquel Welch. Betty Page or somebody like hey, that. Hey, no, that's good. See, that's way better than mine, actually. I wasn't even going to say Betty Page. Um... Uh, you see, you could just say like Betty Grable or whatever, but that's but that's different. I mean, there's people they have multiple things. I was going to go with uh, Twiggy because oh, yeah, she was yeah. internationally famous, that is oh, yeah. true. famous everywhere, mm-hmm. and and you know and didn't do anything except be Twiggy. I mean, that was like her whole deal. But Betty Page, uh, you could also say Betty Page, although she did some some film work, and then mm-hmm. I guess Twiggy did later. But so, yeah, Janice Dickinson, no. No, Bad. it's like nobody knew who she was when she was allegedly popular. No, please, please go I mean, she's away. She's nothing but a big showboat. With, you know. Fake complexion.
Uh, Adam Lambert says he finally got to meet Madonna and he's thrilled about it. It was intimidating, you know. Once I calmed down and my heart rate slowed down a little bit, we had a rapport going. She gave me a lot of advice on how to deal with, you know, all the crazy paparazzi and, and what she rumors. Say? And she said, you know, just keep your eye on the prize. I've decided that that's the funniest. That edit is the best. If you, if you let it play all the way, at the way to the end, it's, it's not as funny. If you cut it off right as he's... That's hilarious. And I'm, I haven't figured out if it's going to be my ringtone or if it's going to be like my new text message uh, alert or something. But that's going to be emanating from my phone a few dozen times every day once I, uh, once I get the uh, time to put that on there. You were just pointed at. Sarah just gave me, oh, you just gave me the point. All right. Oh, is it that time? Good Lord, it's that time almost. It is. So a couple notes. Uh, a, so Ron Jeremy, just uh, he just landed. He was uh, on the tarmac, as they say. Uh, so we're not going to get a chance to talk to him today, but I will say a couple notes uh, about Ron Jeremy. A, he'll be on uh, with Court and Fatboy this afternoon, 3 to 7. I think he'll be in the studio. So Ron Jeremy in the studio with Court and Fatboy this afternoon talking about the opening of Ron uh, Jeremy's Club Sesso, uh, which is the new Swingers Club opening here in uh, beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Sarah Dillon will be in attendance tonight. I will indeed. Along with her hot friend, uh, Kelsey. Hopefully you'll be involved in the ribbon cutting, both of you. <laughs> and Nibbler says that he might go as well. Really? Oh, is it? That, I put myself on the guest list. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you can do? Do you have that power? It's like giving yourself a nickname, but cooler. All right. So Sarah Dillon will be in attendance tonight. Uh, Greg Nibbler may or may not be there. I will be uh, sitting at home alone uh, eating some off-brand snack crackers. That'll be the... Uh, so if you see me online, by the way, I am on Xbox Live. This is the, the and by the way, this is the whole show in a nutshell. Sarah will be at the opening of the new Swingers Club. Greg apparently has the authority to put himself on the guest list. I will be at home, and my Xbox Live gamer tag is Rick Emerson. So there you go. That's uh, that's how that's going to wrap up. Um, this is a good time to note, by the way, we've been talking all week about the Agency, which is the Ultra Sport Lounge. It's located uh, by PGE Park. It's at 19th and Morrison in Southwest. It's the official pregame restaurant for the Portland Beavers and the Timbers. Uh, they've got uh, great food, great atmosphere, and they got lots of technology. Uh, they have lots of science there to enjoy and industry. But they got a billion televisions, and you can watch all kinds of sporting events, stuff that's on now, stuff that was on last year. They got it all digitally archived. They've also got Xbox. They've got Wii. They've got a console, a video gaming of, of every variety there. And a lot of food as well, too. It's uh, it's quite a place. So, coming up at 9 o'clock, just a few minutes from now, at 9 o'clock, and there's a limited number of these, you go to KUFO.com, you can get a limited number of these. They're uh, half-off certificates. So, basically, 25 gets you 50. Uh, 25 bucks gets you a $50 gift certificate. And that is at KUFO.com. As of 9 o'clock, which is about five minutes from now. So that is the agency, part of our half-off uh, deal at KUFO.com. And finally, if you find me even moderately amusing, don't forget, uh, you can uh, watch me in the unfolding horror of full color on your uh, television uh, this coming Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on Northwest uh, 32 TV, formerly known as the CW. So you can watch me on Outlook Portland this coming Sunday. Is that in digital 630. television? Yes, it is, Tim. Digital flawlessness. That's a, with that makeup they use for burn victims. Well, there you go. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents James Roop for joining us today, as well as uh, James Roop and Steve Kastenbaum for joining us. Also, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon For Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley. The production assistant is Greg Nibbler. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn at the front desk. Webmistress Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up in just moments, we have Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. And this afternoon, 3 to 7, Gordon Fatboy featuring Ron Jeremy, the studio. Uh, thank you for listening. It is Friday, June 19th, 2009. And that is The Frequency, Kenneth. Be safe and watch out for...
snakes. Bye now. It's embarrassing to have someone help you with your personal matters. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.